0: I'm Trevor, and welcome to Catching Up on Cinema. Now, if you aren't familiar with the program, Catching Up on Cinema is a film analysis podcast wherein we introduce each other to films, expand our cinematic horizons, and, in essence, catch up on our cinema. So it is the month of February 2022, and it is once again that very special time of the month wherein we do our monthly Catching Up on Blu ray episode. Uh, essentially what this entails is that uh, we're going to be taking a look at the physical uh, media release calendar That is DVDs, Blu-rays, and 4Ks And uh, just do a little review of, of the upcoming titles that are being put out on the formats uh, And in joining me in this endeavor, I have my good buddy Brad from the CinemaSpeak Podcast How's it going, Brad?
1: Oh, it's going great You know what they say, February may be the shortest month But it is certainly not the worst month for Blu-ray purchases As the old adage goes
0: Oh yeah, that uh, that thing that we've been saying across multiple generations <laughs> it's for sure—the old adage, as as it were. But um, yeah, you're not wrong. I, I I perused some of the titles that are being put out in uh, February 2022, and it does seem like we have a pretty solid uh, calendar. And uh, being as we are recording this at the end of the month, um, I think it stands to reason that both Brad and I are actually sitting on a couple of titles, presumably in our respective backlogs. That we literally, watch. I'm, I'm
1: sitting on one. Literally. Like it's, oh, God, it's Brad, crushed. why would
0: you do that? <laughs> it's a DVD. Don't worry. Don't worry. That's going to affect the resale value. I mean, it's going <laughs> to drive it through the roof is what it's going to do. <laughs> I mean, you got we got people farting in jars and selling them on eBay and stuff. Brad, you could fart on your DVDs and sell them on eBay. It's
1: not a bad idea. I'd do it for money. Uh, I, yeah.
0: I mean, folks at home, you, you may or may not be aware of this, but Brad is not especially fond of the DVD format. So um, if you were looking to a way... If you're looking for a way to purge your, your DVDs on hand and potentially make a buck off of them, farting on them and selling them on eBay as uh, certified speak fart DVDs <laughs> may as well be a good ba- business endeavor.
1: Could drum up some good publicity at the very least. I mean, you hey, never man, know.
0: Throw, throw up a notice on Twitter, see who bites. <laughs> 100%, man. I mean, yeah. we, we got to get you hooked up with Redbox. We need to get you a Redbox sponsorship uh maybe rain energy drink mm-hmm. or, or uh, what's the new one what's the new energy drink you guys Uh, true have been north
1: drinking? true north who puts out true north like is there a parent company to that one i be- i believe it is coca-cola as as well as uh, rain and true north are both coca-cola
0: okay so we need to get brad from the cinema speak podcast needs to be hooked up with a coke sponsorship mm-hmm. he's got his rain prepped and ready to so go this probably- is from last night this was this was uh this is already gone okay uh, we'll edit that part out. Uh, he, he has one right now. He just he cracked it before we heated up the mics. Uh, but yeah, we need to get you a Coke sponsorship. We need to get you a Redbox sponsorship. Uh, we need to get you a shitty pizza sponsor, like Little Caesars or some shit.
1: <laughs> I'm working on it, man. It's all about not that quality,
0: hustle. Brad. We're not shooting for quality. We're shooting no. for bottom of the barrel shit ass pizza. I'll I'll hawk whatever
1: <laughs> product I can get my hands on. I don't care. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we need to get Brad some sponsorship. So, anyone out there in internet land, get on it. Uh, help a brother out. But uh, anyway, uh, let's take a look at Ye Old Release Calendar. So, uh, folks at home, if you'd like to follow along with the home version of catching up on Blu ray, you can do so by navigating to the lovely website, Blu ray.com, another source that we would very much like to have sponsor Brad someday. Uh, you can head over to Blu ray.com and head over to the release dates section of the website and uh, just wander over to the uh, February 2022 page. Uh, And also, if you're not aware, uh, physical media releases tend to occur on Tuesdays of each calendar week. Uh, So we'll be sure to call out the dates as we come across them. But it appears our first uh, proper release date in February falls on the first of the month. So that'd be February 1st, 2022. And right out the gate, uh, as is customary, to the way the uh, the website is laid out, uh, we have our 4K titles
1: and uh, Brad, Ghostbusters Afterlife,
0: thoughts, if any.
1: Well, uh, I wasn't a huge fan of it. Um, you know, definitely using nostalgia to an extremely gross degree. Like, I'm fine with a little bit of nostalgia, but uh, you know, there's a few moments in here that I was uh, actively vomiting in the theater or trying to prevent myself from vomiting. But you know it's it's pretty watchable, I guess. Like it it's kind of fun, but it's not good. Um, I don't know. It's something that I probably wouldn't watch again anytime soon. But uh, it's you know it's worth a rental, I suppose. Um, but I gotta say that 4K that cover I do not like. That is a gross cover. Just the the black header. Uh, the I'm not crazy about the image they chose the, the tagline at the bottom, the where the quotes are positioned with the marshmallow guys, I, it's none of it's working for me. I'm even out. the
0: blu-ray, uh, it's sorely lacking in focus. Like there's no good focal point mm-hmm. uh, in, in terms of the layout of the cover art. And even the color palette is it's not particularly friendly or engaging. -hmm. Uh, Which I guess is like just based on trailer footage because I haven't seen the film myself. I guess that's just the the look of the movie. It has kind of a a washed out kind of look to it, uh, with like sparks of color, just like flashes of color and whatnot. Um, But yeah, not a very good cover, and uh, I have not heard a whole lot good about the movie. Um, I have heard that like parts of it are enjoyable, like like it's not a complete shit show of a film. Uh, but by the time you get to the final reel apparently it just collapses in on itself I have had some of the uglier elements of it spoiled for me which is why I have no interest in watching it just because I, I, I just don't need this I didn't ask for this in particular I, I was perfectly happy with having an excellent Ghostbusters and by, by my standards a perfectly adequate Ghostbusters too. A lot I'd of say, people shit on that movie. I think it's just fine.
1: I'd say I'd say perfectly good. I'd say good. I would go more than adequate. I think it's good.
0: Okay. Well, that's cool that we agree on that. But yeah, this is this is a movie that I, you know, I honestly I'm not positive who is asking for this other than like the most rabid of the fan base cuz like I know was I know Bill Murray like vehemently turned down like apparently, like he he had this thing that he would say to people that he doesn't do trilogies or something. Mm. And I guess uh, I, I guess he got in hot water or something when uh, those Garfield movies were coming out because like I think they got dangerously close to making a third one or something. <laughs> it's like yeah. you better not break that rule. Like <laughs> if you break that fucking rule for Garfield, yeah, really. you better fucking break it for Ghostbusters because yeah. you you have no integrity left after that. Uh, <laughs> Um, but I do know that like he he had like a contentious relationship with Harold Ramis, um, which probably played a, a part in keeping him away from coming back to the franchise, despite being constantly asked, mostly by Dan Aykroyd, <laughs> to to make a third Ghostbusters. But yeah, I I know it was like one of those long gestating like what if projects that maybe some people feel vindicated just by the fact that it happened. Um, but for me, it's just like. The, the window passed guys like i i i stopped think i stopped even thinking about it as a possibility when i started to notice like oh people get old you know like people aren't action figures like as as much as we'd all like them to be like like immortalized and and pristine in in the form that they were uh, as we knew them time marches on and people slow down um so yeah this is this is something i don't even think i can find it in myself to rent it, it it just it kind of upsets me the fact that it, that it exists honestly. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> and it's not even like I'm a Ghostbusters super fan. It's just like you know the moment passed, guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're yeah. not missing too much. I mean, it is kind of cool though that uh um what's the uh director's name? Uh, Ivan Reitman's his father, but um he's also uh, a Reitman. Um, uh, Jason. Yeah, look, Jason. Uh, it is very cool, however that. Uh, the timing of the release, it it did come out. Uh, we did get to see the fanfare and whatnot for it while Ivan Reitman was alive, so father and son got to you know have that moment together. Uh, but aside from that, it's an abomination. I don't want it anywhere <laughs> near me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Maybe I would have been a little uh, less harsh in my review, um, knowing the future of the Reitman family, and maybe I wouldn't have been quite so hard. On Jason Reitman, when I originally <laughs> reviewed it. But, uh, you know, I guess my opinion at the time, it still stood. It still hey, stands.
0: It, it's all good. He made the movie, Brad, not his dad. So, like, all blame the, should go to him. It has and nothing to do with his dad.
1: If he really wants to, you know, make a statement and make a stamp on his dad's legacy, he needs to do a sequel to Evolution. The movie that everyone forgot about and no one talks about. The actors are still within age. You could do it, and he only goes after the big cash cows. Come on, Jason, show you, <laughs> show your dad who's boss here. Well, don't show him who's boss. Like make him proud. Make him proud.
0: Yeah, actually, Evolution came up. I think they put out a, uh, uh, a a new Blu-ray of it or something. Probably just a reissued Blu-ray or something. But we did talk about it on Catching Up on Blu-ray yeah. a while back, or maybe Tales from the Shelf. Um, but um, Brad, if you have, if you ever end up doing like a retro review of that one, uh, count me
1: in because that would I, be a good one. I actually
0: did enjoy that movie. I
1: thought it was I thought it was fun. I watched that a lot on uh, DVD when it came out. A lot. So I think
0: that's where most people watched it. I don't imagine it did especially well in theaters, but it seems like a a, a, a Thomas Jane Punisher or a Ben Affleck Daredevil type situation. Mm-hmm. Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance type situation where it's like this thing tanked in the theaters but those Walmart bargain bins oh boy all cleared out <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did also see it in theaters um, so. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's cool though um, actually one of my favorite parts of it is an obscure element but I mean so the thing that stood out to me is uh, John Powell uh, did the score for mm. it and for a long time he, he was one of my favorite composers until he became like uh dreamworks is bitch essentially (laughs) like he just started doing dreamworks animated films and like because of that i i reached a certain point in my life where i stopped paying much attention to those so i i just felt like he he dropped off the radar or something it's like oh no he just started doing stuff that i'm not seeing anymore uh but like in the late 90s and the early 2000s he was doing the scores for a lot of action type movies and whatnot and I always really loved his sound. Uh, his work on the Bourne movies is tremendous, like absolutely tremendous. And uh, Evolution has a really awesome, like uh, it, only, it sounds like a Western theme. Like it mm-hmm. sounds like, like a, I don't know, like a cowboy theme. It has like a march quality to it, but it's like a good riding out to adventure uh, theme that plays during some of the, I think my favorite track on the score is called The the Fire Truck, which thats the you've one- seen the movie.
1: It's yeah. been years since I've seen the movie, but that's the one moment when you mentioned the score. I'm like, I I can't, like, hum it, but I specifically remember the, like, score just being a banger in that scene. No,
0: it's an awesome piece of music that it really accompanies the visual as well. It's like, it's a truck full of nerds riding out, riding Ralph into the sunset to save the day. <laughs> it's like, this is awesome. Um, but yeah, that's a movie I wouldn't mind checking out again. So uh, if you ever end up doing a retro review for that one. By the way, did you ever end up doing a retro review for
1: a small soldiers? I forget. Uh yeah, I think we did do a review on. I know I watched it not long ago. I think we reviewed it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, cuz I do
0: remember that was something you guys were kicking around over yeah. there.
1: But yeah, Evolution. Check it out, folks. Yeah. It's
0: it's not as bad as as maybe its reputation carries, although what brad said is probably mostly true probably people just don't even remember it yeah let alone think speak ill of it it's just like what (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) shut up it was it's still real to me man (laughs) (laughs) okay well what do we got next here brad uh we have a 4k release of almost famous from the year 2000 and this is a, a paramount pictures disc now uh our our friends over at the uh, movies for life podcast whom uh, Brad and I both just spoke to on the most recent tales from the shelf uh they actually did a review for for this uh, not too long ago um and unfortunately i i haven't seen almost famous uh, which has actually kept me from listening to that episode but um the release of this 4K and the timing of the release of that episode makes me think hmm maybe i should check this one out but Brad uh, ha- have you seen
1: uh, almost famous I've seen it once. Uh, I'm surprised you haven't seen it because I know there's multiple cuts. I thought you'd be all over that. Um, <laughs> I don't know what cut I've seen. Uh, it's I'm not the biggest fan of it. Um, honestly, the main reason I saw it, other than, you know, it is a pretty well-known big picture. Um, at the time, I've kind of since let up on this a bit, but I was trying to purchase every Philip Seymour Hoffman movie and have his complete uh, filmography in my collection. And uh, this was one of them, and I I bought it and watched it, and he's in it for probably less than five minutes. But he's good in it. He's quite good in it. So, (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's it's all right.
0: Okay, so you have your Philip Seymour Hoffman collection, and I have my Scott Adkins collection, Mm -hmm. um, which does consist of a few titles where it's just like, oh, so you mean he just showed up to get kicked? (laughs) <laughs> exactly one time so he's yeah. in like not not five minutes but like five frames of this this not very good Jackie Chan movie are you fucking kidding me <laughs> that's tough that makes it tough it is tough <laughs> but it's 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 got to be done someone out there has to care but um, yeah this is a movie that I, I definitely am interested to check out um, I do respect uh, the movies for life people's uh, opinions on films, and I absolutely love their dissections of them, uh, which, like I said, is a big reason for me wanting to watch this so I can have it under my belt by the time I go into the the actual chat about the film. Um, but I'm just looking at the cast and directed by Cameron Crowe, by the way. Um, interesting cast, very mm-hmm. very interesting group of players here at an, at a very interesting point in a lot of their careers. Like Billy Crudup in the year 2000, I don't know if he nor is a uh, household name Um, but he's always been a a troubled personality off the screen but uh, he has a really fascinating skill set as an actor Uh, he presents a he he has a chameleonic capability to him where he can do almost anything Um, and of course Francis McDormand uh, Kate Hudson I have zero opinion on like nothing I just got nothing Um, Jason Lee I've always really fucking liked (laughs) like like ever since i saw uh, i think it was i think like just his scene in a uh, uh, dogma the i'm a fucking demon i was just like yeah i like this guy like he's got something about him and then like some of the other earlier kevin smith movies i was just like yeah i don't know what it is about this jason lee guy but he's kind of fucking awesome
1: yeah very um, likable
0: very likable but yeah this is a movie i'd very much like to check out i don't know if i'm gonna blind buy a fucking 4k of it but uh it's on it's on my to-do list
1: yeah there was a uh, steelbook release of this previously um so this is just a standard issue so uh pick your poison on which uh version you like if you can still get the steelbook i don't even know yeah no
0: fucking clue (laughs) over here but uh folks at home if you're not aware brad and i are not steelbook collectors um, so, you know, I'll, I'll bring one into my home if I got it, but it's, it's not really a selling point, honestly. Um, some steelbooks are quite handsome, like, <clears throat> but in this case, it's not something I'd rush out to get, but, um, Brad, the pick is to you, sir. Uh, what jumps out at you next?
1: I mean, speaking of steelbook, we got a 30th anniversary, uh, reissue of Wayne's World on Blu-ray, um, which is in a new steelbook set. I don't know if there's any, uh, if there's a new transfer here, any new bonus features, no idea on that, but, uh, I do really like Wayne's world quite a bit. Um, and I do own it. I don't have Wayne's world two, so I will not be buying this steelbook cause I do own Wayne's world, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I really like Mike Myers. Um, and I, I respect his, uh, decision to essentially walk away um, before things got too sad <laughs> i hope he
0: holds to that um because mm-hmm. i have noticed like i f- I feel like there have been rumblings uh very similar to like a ghostbusters afterlife type situation where somebody's somebody's making offers uh that i'm hoping he's refusing because uh, yeah when when his when he was on when when he was at the peak of his powers he was really really special but if it, if it isn't there if if the snap isn't there like just, just walk off into the sunset, man. You, you made your contribution and then some. Mm-hmm. Um, but Wayne's World, my God, man. Uh, Kyle and I often joke it's perhaps one of the most quotable films of our generation. Um, in fact, we used to have like a running gag. It, basically, we still do on on catching up on cinema where it's like there is there is seldom an episode where we, we do not quote Wayne's World to some extent. That in The Addams Family and Jurassic Park. And Tommy Boy, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. you take a guess as to around the time we were born. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, Wayne's World and Wayne's World Two. Like I, the first one's definitely the better between the two. But uh, surprisingly, I guess kind of similar to the Adams Family. Well, Wayne's World Two, I think, is a fine film unto itself. Like they're both good, um, but the first one is fucking legendary. Um, actually, I, I had a really cool date night with with the girlfriend a while back. Uh, she insisted. Uh, because I talked this movie up so much, um, and she uh, went out of her way to buy us uh, drive-in tickets to see a, a, a screening of Wayne's World. Mm-hmm. And that was her first time seeing it. And I was like, well, <laughs> now you know where
1: all that stupid shit I say comes from. <laughs> <laughs>
0: now you're in on the joke, finally. <laughs> yeah.
1: The uh, Terminator 2 gag. Uh, that's in this one, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I had to explain that. She's younger than me, Brad. Oh, okay. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's got to be one of my favorite gags ever. Like, it just kind of, I mean, doesn't come out in, like, it's it fits in the movie, but it kind of, like, comes out of nowhere, and it's, like, it's such a thing where it's, like, you either get it or you don't, and I'm sure, like, at the time back then, like, I'm sure a lot of people got it, but, uh, like, nowadays, yeah, like, a lot of people might not get it anymore, but it's yeah.
0: still hilarious. Yeah, I, I did, I'm glad you pointed that out, because I did have to explain that. <laughs> like i had to provide context as to why robert patrick walking up with a photo of of john connors have you seen this boy and then <laughs> like like why that's the response to that um, yeah. also the the uh pardon me do you have any gray poupon um, <laughs> i was like that's even slightly before my time but fortunately i was raised in a household that uh had a a VCR that was used to record a lot of television. Mm -hmm. So we did have some antiquated commercials on on tape and whatnot. But um, I was familiar through that one. I think I just absorbed it through cultural osmosis. But the girlfriend had... No fucking clue why he's asking an old man for mustard at a stoplight.
1: <laughs> oh man! I, yeah. Now I want to watch this movie again
0: tonight. Oh, I know, it's so good. I know. It it has that effect. Um, it, it this is um, this and like Jurassic Park. Like if it comes up in conversation two or three times in one sitting, Kyle has to go watch it. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> like just no joke. He's like, "Well, watch watching Jurassic Park now. Yep. <laughs> it's gonna be fucking fantastic." Thanks, <laughs> but. This is something I might actually pick up. I, I don't have this as of yet, but I actually do not own Wayne's World, um, nor do I own uh, Wayne's World Two. So this is this is like a no brainer for me. Um, apparently the disc is kind of shit, but it's not it's not the kind of movie you need to look at da- like dazzling on 4K or anything. It's like yeah. if it's the movie and it doesn't break my DVD player or set my TV on fire, it's fine. <laughs> so yeah, maybe I'll toss some money. Uh, towards a purchase of that one, but, um, Brad, below that, um, below the Wayne's World, uh, two pack there, the Steel Book, um, we have something that I know nothing about, but uh, the cover is really jumping out at me and really trying hard to make me believe it's fucking amazing. Um, so this is the spine of Night on 4K, and uh, this disc is put out by Image Entertainment, and uh, I'm opening the page they have on Blu-ray.com, and I'm struggling to figure out what this is exactly uh, do you know anything about this Brad?
1: uh no this is uh kind of the first I've heard about it and it is a 2021 film um, so I'm kind of surprised I didn't hear anything about it uh any rumblings uh so 4k is all I all I know about this one
0: uh, something about the uh the art style the anime this is an animated film apparently. Um, something about it is stirring feelings in me i can't quite put my finger on it but it it reminds me of these uh rotoscoped animations that kyle sends me every once in a while mm-hmm. that are oftentimes like video game parodies and they're fucking hilarious and they're they're made like on the cheap and on the quick but with this this really fidgety kind of roto, digital rotoscope kind of style and something about the silhouettes of the characters kind of makes me think of that, so I'm not sure if it's maybe a similar person involved in it, but uh, the voice cast is uh, impressive to say the least. We got uh, everybody's favorite dork, uh, Patton Oswalt, uh, and everybody's favorite uh, muscular dork, uh, Joey Manginello, a.k.a. Joey Abs, as I like to call him, and uh, Larry Fessenden, uh, Jack Nicholson look-alike and uh, horror director-slash-actor, um, and uh, Kyle's new favorite uh, as of the past several years uh richard e grant uh, kyle absolutely loves richard e grant so and uh, lucy lawless apparently is our headlining star so we we have all sorts of like nerd icons uh present in this film which i know nothing about but it got a fucking 4k release and it has a very impressive cover art um this is something I, I wish I knew like I, on the mic right now. I wish I had mm-hmm. more to say about it, but uh, as it stands, I, I don't have a whole lot to go
1: by. I'll just mention a little bit of research I did here quickly. Uh, the uh, guy who directed it and wrote it, or might have co-directed it, I, I think, um, he was the creator, I think, and writer of the Netflix show Love, Death, and Robots, which oh. I did watch the first season of, and I, I enjoyed kind of a, an animated science fiction anthology show i think every episode was like 15 minutes or something really short and digestible and you know not every episode was a banger but uh there were a few in there and you know the ones that sucked were only 10-15 minutes each so it was easy to burn through them so that's got me slightly intrigued i guess yeah uh that
0: was recommended to me a while back um i never watched it as i don't really have netflix but uh, i heard good things about that series and uh, by the way folks at home if it means anything to you uh, the blu-ray edition of the film does have a certified fresh stamp on the cover so there does seem to be some sort of hype train behind this unfortunately i missed the i missed the fucking train <laughs> i missed the bus um but hey it's out there maybe check it out um but beside that, we have a our first uh, Criterion release uh, for the month of February 2022, and it is uh, written on the wind, and Brad, this is a sexy, sexy film. Uh, I know nothing about it, but just looking at the cast, it's like, we got Rock Hudson, we got Lauren Bacall, and a, a, a juicy, young Robert Stack. Good God.
1: Yeah, <laughs> pretty stacked cast. Um I do know, I, I tried to do a little bit of research on this one because I didn't know anything about it. And I was curious to what the film entailed. And I guess there is a pretty, uh, pretty great shot of uh, a uh, woman who is like the head of this company and she's holding an oil, like a, a prop oil rig um, near her groin in, in a very phallic gesture. Um, and uh, people on blu-ray.com and the forums were posting it and uh, it does look like it's a it's a good shot. It is a good shot.
0: Did I not say this is a sexy, sexy film <laughs> from the year 1956? Clearly, the sexiest year in American history. Yeah, year of Rodan. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know a damn thing about this. But just based on the the stars involved and the fact that it bears the Criterion symbol, which, as we tend to say here, uh, if it's part of the Criterion collection, it is probably worth your time. Uh, I'd venture, I guess, and say this is quite a good film. Um, anyway, uh, moving right along, uh, we have uh, the Mad Max Anthology on 4K. Um, now, Brad, uh, was this released previously? Because I, I
1: feel like I've seen it advertised a lot, but maybe the dates got pushed around or something? You know, I, I was questioning that. Um, it looks like uh, I'm just doing some— I, I thought maybe I was going cuckoo bananas, but it looks like— <laughs> The Road Warrior. Uh, you now, I, I try and keep up on my Blu-ray.com controversies. Apparently, uh, this release of The Road Warrior is something like a corrected disc, so maybe The Road Warrior might have been delayed. Oh, that would make sense. Because um, it looks like the other ones came out previously. Okay.
0: Well, uh, this is something that I've had, like, bookmarked. Like on my my wish list for a minute now. Um, this is one of those one of those shoulds. One of those box sets that's like you know, Trevor. Y- like if you're being honest with yourself, a Mad Max anthology box. That's something you should have on your shelf. Um, but at present, I I do not. Um, but I any excuse to go back to watch these movies again is one that I look forward to. So these. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have to look into the specs, especially if there was controversy about like a, a misprint or something on on the oh, Rogue yeah. Warrior.
1: I just uh, hopped in the forum, and uh, people are saying that they are pissed that they still have not gotten their replacement discs, and it's the end of February. So okay,
0: so watch. I out. should I should have this, but I'm gonna wait a minute. <laughs> so the the search goes on for a, a pristine Mad Max anthology box set on 4K. Um, but definitely films that I I adore uh, and would very much like to check out again on 4K. Um, And beside that, we have a film that, of course, I'm going to ask you, Brad, have you seen this one, Uh, Slumber Party Massacre from 2021, which of course appears to be a remake because I seem to recall one from the 80s also featuring a drill. But uh, have you seen this one?
1: Uh, I have not seen the remake, but I have seen the original. And the original is quite good, actually. Um, It's... Uh, notable for you know being a movie called Slumber Party Massacre where a escaped madman um, goes into a slumber party and murders women with a drill it's noted for having a female writer and actually being somewhat of a feminist take on that what could be um, very uh, troublesome subject matter and uh, it's 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 I don't remember a ton about it but it's it's a pretty good watch and I've heard some people say that uh, Slumber Party Massacre 2, the one from back in the 80s or whatever, um, is even better. It's even more campy, more fun. But I have not heard uh, too much about this remake here. Um, I would be kind of interested. Uh, I mean, visually, it's not really selling me on anything here. Based on yeah, these this, screenshots
0: the screenshots. These screenshots are awful.
1: Yeah, this is looking pretty low-budget trash. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it could be good
0: could be uh remains to be seen but yeah those screenshots they selected are not particularly interesting to look at um really really flat uh color palettes kind of kind of dingy kind of boring but uh, yeah i i haven't seen the original myself either um i have heard mention of it on documentaries and whatnot about horror movies from the era and slasher movies in general um, and yeah, that is the reputation it carries as being somewhat goofier and more campy than some of the other quote slasher films from that that vintage. Um, but yeah, I don't know anything about this 2021 version, um, but maybe maybe worth a shot. Who knows? But uh, I'm going to toss it over to you again, Brad. Uh, what jumps at you next?
1: Well, I, I can't comment on films because I have not seen them, but I am intrigued I'm intrigued by this Kino double feature of FX and FX2 because I've heard uh, some good things about FX, and it sounds like it'd be uh, a fun little watch. Um, Have you seen this film? You're nodding in approval, so you at least know (laughs) of it.
0: Well, uh, I have seen the first one. Not okay. the second one though. Uh, the uh, the reason why I'm nodding in approval is because uh, there's there's a category of film that I like to think of as a uh, dad films, mm-hmm. and uh, this was very much a dad film for me. This was one that you know dad just sat me down and was like we're gonna watch FX. It's like I don't know what that is, but uh, apparently you're excited to show it to me. But it's a uh, it's awesome. It's it's kind of like a it's like The Fugitive or something like a or someone wrongfully accused for something who just happens to be a special effects technician and uh there's they incorporate that really well into like how the action is staged and whatnot and how the caper Mm -hmm. is solved and uh brian dennehy's fantastic in it and uh brian brown uh did not i don't think he had a, a a huge like moment or footprint in hollywood cinema um but he he was an uzi uh from the era the uh very very charming like very very capable actor um this was like this is like the one movie I know of like Hollywood movie that I I can like readily point to that he headlined, um, and I, I did enjoy the first one quite a bit, and I've heard the second one is also quite good. So uh, yeah, this is one, one that I might run out and grab actually.
1: Second one directed by Richard Franklin, of Road Games and Psycho Two Fame, um, cool. and this has been uh, rele- These two films were released by Kino previously. I think they had individual releases. Those are now out of print. So this you know th- this is not a debut for these films on blu-ray but uh the double feature is a debut um and yeah I, I might pick this up in a a sale in a kino sale so hopefully in the next one it'll be a part of it
0: yeah uh, i might do the same because uh, I, I really did enjoy that first one and I've, I've always kind of been curious to see the second one um but beside that we have a the internet whipping boy uh clifford the big red dog from 2021 uh, pretty much anybody who talks film on twitter uh at least for a living anyway uh, has taken a big dump on clifford the big red dog <laughs> i haven't seen it nor will i ever but uh people really have enjoyed shitting on this movie so i don't know if it's made people happy or if it sold a lot of tickets or anything but there's a lot of people who saw it and had negative feelings about it But um, beside that, we also have uh, The Great Moment from 1944, also a Kino disc, Um, we have Where There's Life from 1947, uh, with Bob Hope on the cover, uh, also from Kino. Um, And we have another Kino Blu-ray, I believe um, this is a, uh, this is the Blu-ray edition of what was previously a 4K release, am I reading that right Brad?
1: For uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers? Yeah. I believe so, yes.
0: Yeah, so as far as I understand, Kino's release of it was initially uh, uh, 4K, and now they're putting out the Blu-ray now. Um, I actually have the 4K of this. Um, this is another dad movie for me um, that uh, my dad sat me down and uh, subjected me to because this movie is pants-shittingly uh, unnerving at times, but it is fucking amazing. It is a fantastic remake of an also fantastic sci-fi slash like th- it's not really a horror but kind of a thriller i guess um one of the one of the very best remakes uh kind of from this era if you ask me um I, like that that's those are some of my favorite like sci-fi type like horror movies uh, like remakes of like classic b-movie horror type stuff because they, they just like come at it with a different energy and sincerity and they got something to prove and there's just so many instances of them just, like, completely knocking it out of the park, like, when they come at it uh, a decade or two down the road. Because, like, I think of this, and I think of The Fly in particular, uh, David Cronenberg's The Fly, um, another fucking dad movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's the month of dad films, but uh, you've seen this one,
1: correct, Brett? Yeah, this is one of my favorite movies that, like. Period. I mean, wow. <laughs> I, I mean, it was in that's my That's high praise. I, it's, yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I won't go like it's not like top ten or anything like that, but it's definitely up there. Um, I I don't have the Kino four K. I've got the Scream Factory Blu Ray. I don't know. I, I want to upgrade, but it's you know, it's, it, money. Uh, yeah, yeah mon-
0: money's a problem, Brad. Like such yeah. is the life of a collector. Um, I thankfully had never purchased this film previously, and it's been. A couple of decades i think since i've seen it like like honestly a couple of decades since i've seen it so um i didn't mind holding off waiting for the 4k release and in fact the 4k release was just like one of those things where it's like that's the opportunity i've needed to to revisit this one so this is sitting on my backlog for the time being but i'm really excited to put it back on and enjoy it all over again Mm um beside that though we have a uh rlj entertainment release of a mainstream from the year 2020 and uh there's been a lot of talk of andrew garfield having like they're calling it like a comeback or something it's like he never really left as far as i understand but he's had a couple of like really big years uh in in fact 2021 i think was very very kind to him um but this movie also came out (laughs) and apparently nobody likes it like I, I guess I guess it's getting a release because he has a lot of hype behind him right now. But yeah, I haven't heard very much good about this uh, mainstream film. How about you, Brad?
1: Yeah, I, not too much. It's directed by some Coppola. I don't even know which one. Um, but yeah, I don't know much about it.
0: It's funny, actually. Um, Brad, uh, Kyle has a thing about um social media movies. Like he he just has this idea in his head, and he's mostly correct actually because the. The production cycle for even like a small budget film is very very long and social media and technology move very very fast so there is a tendency for things like this to to somebody has a fantastic idea for a story involving social media and online existence and whatnot and then by the time it hits the theaters it's like oh it's out of date like I had that happen with a book that I was very excited to read and then I made the mistake of putting it on my shelf for a couple years and the second I opened it, it was completely irrelevant because, mm-hmm. uh, in the time between my, uh, between when it was written and when I purchased it and when I read it, um, Twitter happened. Mm. And so every, every, it was about sociology and whatnot and psychology. And I was like, well, nothing in here means anything anymore <laughs> because the entire world has been turned fucking upside down yeah. just by Twitter being, becoming a thing. And it was like, well, Okay. So, like, any, any time I've proposed, like, covering movies that have to do with stuff like this, he's like, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, like, we did that uh, Like Me movie. Uh, speaking of uh, Larry Fessenden, uh, he was uh, one of the stars of that film um, that's also in a Almost Famous. Um, yeah, I had to really twist Kyle's arm to watch that movie, and neither of us thought it was brilliant by any means. It has a couple of cool shots, a couple of cool moments, but... But yeah, even that film, it's just like, mm, I I feel like we've already moved past the concepts that this film is exploring. Um, Anyway, uh, we have a a release here uh, that doesn't, uh, it's not cataloged on blu-ray.com who published the disc, but if you zoom in on the cover art, um, you can see it's from Undercrank Productions and the Library of Congress, because it is from 1925. Uh, That would be a Xander the Great starring mm. marion davies and apparently it does have a musical score by ben model because of course this would probably be a silent film uh, so apparently it has musical accompaniment built into the disc probably on a separate audio track or something but know nothing about it but hey if you're into that sort of thing run out and grab it uh, we have a nick nolte film uh, under fire from 1983 um also with a hey, uh, subject for uh, kyle and i our most recent discussion uh gene hackman mm. uh, he's also in there love gene hackman miss <laughs> miss gene hackman his yeah. energy like his energy is sorely missed in hollywood like he, he just brings like a surliness and an orneriness that it, we just don't have that anymore man he was awesome um but uh anything else you want to point out here for uh, february 1st brad uh no i think that about covers it for that week yeah uh, the cutting edge 3 uh from 2008 (laughs) is being put out on blu-ray just just so you know yeah i was thinking Uh,
1: i'm considering that one
0: yeah of course i think we both are but um let's bop on down to the next week here and uh we have february 8th uh 2022 and uh our first major release here is uh some like it hot on 4k Kino Lorber. So you remember how I said uh, 1956 was the sexiest year in American history? I was wrong. <laughs> or, no, I, sh- I fucked that up. It should have been, I lied. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I haven't seen this uh, personally, but uh, how about you, Brad? Have you seen some Like It Hot?
1: Yeah, I have. It's a, it's a really good movie. I think, I don't know if I watched the whole thing in a uh, film class I took. We at least watched like half of it, and I, I have since watched the whole thing for sure. But this is a classic case of Kino snatching up Criterion's films and putting them out on 4K. I, I bought the F- Criterion disc of Some Like It Hot, and then uh, here comes Kino releasing it in beautiful 4K. And d- did I watch the Kino Blu-ray or the Criterion Blu-ray? You better believe I did not. So that was a waste of money. Um, <laughs> although I probably won't be upgrading this, so I guess I guess I still have it on my shelf. But I would have. Probably preferred the kino 4k but sorry criterion snooze you lose yeah you know
0: that, that is interesting how they they there's like a tick tock to the the release calendar when it comes to some of their some of their titles but um yeah this movie carries an excellent reputation i, I very much like jack lemon as a comedic personality and just performer in general mm-hmm. marilyn monroe of course uh, but uh, this is also on my to-do list, which is never-ending. But uh, not something I'm going to run out and blind by on 4K. Uh, that's not really my style. Not Probably not enough punching for my standards. Not enough wheel kicks, as it were. <laughs> uh, certainly not filmed in Bulgaria, which is an absolute requirement uh, to to find space on my shelf as a film, anyway. But, um, yeah, uh, Some Like It Hot, Hot on 4K from Kino. Um, bopping on down, though, we have... <laughs> <laughs> summer school from 1987 uh starring um now brad maybe your maybe your finger is to the pulse better than me but am i wrong in saying that ncis was apparently like the most popular television show that has ever been televised
1: oh yeah it's i mean it's huge and you think who the hell watches this like, exactly i don't know, know any <laughs> But I don't you, know anybody. <laughs> you kind of find out once you learn a few people who watch it and you're like, oh, okay, that group of people, I mean, not to you know, not to be rude, but people who don't really care about uh, quality. Um, people they, who
0: watch JAG. Yeah. it's People who really, really like JAG. <laughs> yeah. It's people who
1: want a comfortable watch on CBS. You know, it's that group
0: people who watched all the show all the shitty like forgotten sitcoms that i watched in college i'm talking becker i'm talking yes dear mm-hmm. <laughs> like all that stuff but but yeah uh, mark harmon of ncis fame the show that no one i know has ever watched but apparently it's the most successful
1: fucking television show in american history i i I tried watching it once i was i don't know where i was at somebody's house or something and it was on and it was bad like it was bad (laughs) i've never even given it a shot but now i kind of want to just because of this
0: stupid fucking image of mark Harmon in an aloha shirt (laughs) with a a rock and roll dog next to him (laughs) In summer school from Shout Factory. Check it out, folks. I'm sure it's a classic. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, We have uh, Encanto, the juggernaut that is Encanto uh, on 4K, put out by the Disney Corporation. Uh, This is, of course, the uh, CGI animated film. This is a Disney production, not a Pixar-Disney joint, as far as I know. This is, of course, dealing with a Colombian uh, business. Uh, I've heard very good things about this. I'm probably not going to end up watching it for any real reason, but uh, I've heard it's quite enjoyable. Um, and that's about all I have to say about that. Anything for you, Brad?
1: <laughs> Still haven't gotten around to it. Um, but yeah, I probably will check this out on Disney+. Plus. I'll probably watch it before the Oscars this year because uh, I, I do think it's the favorite for best animated feature. So I'll probably try and squeeze it in before then. That's a solid reason to check it out, actually.
0: Uh, I'd be curious what the other nominees are as well, because uh, I haven't really kept tabs on that. But um, Yeah. Yeah. And, and Kanto, I've heard very good things about, so it's probably worth your time for sure. Um, and beside that, we have a movie that, good fucking God, uh, I've been trying to review this fucking movie uh, for a long time now, pretty much since it was in theaters. Um, that would be uh, Resident Evil, uh, Colin. welcome to Raccoon City. Uh, from the year 2021. This is a film that uh, Kyle and I actually saw in the theater mm. uh, together. Um and there's a kind of a stupid funny story uh, th- about me uh, totally fucking up in terms of like uh, getting my ass to the theater, getting my ass to Mars to see the film. Uh I i go into detail about it on on the most recent episode that will be posted, you know, whenever I post it. Uh story for a different time. Anyway, <laughs> um I am deeply embedded like I am in bed with the Resident Evil franchise. Um, not so much the movies. <laughs> um, I've seen all the movies. I own all the movies. I think they're all right. I don't think they're I, I'm not a big fan of them, I guess is why I'm trying to get up. But uh, the video games though, who, uh, these, these are my jam. Uh, I've been I've been playing these since the franchise began. like uh, since the very first not so good Resident Evil, um onward through the ps1 era uh, up into today uh, where we have resident evil village and whatnot and the remakes of two and three uh, i love resident evil video games uh, and i know them frontwards and backwards which is why my opinion of this movie uh differs uh, quite drastically from kyle's because he has no connection to the games whatsoever uh, and my familiarity with with their trappings and their tropes and their characters and stuff I think is what hurts my ability to engage with this movie. It's because I'm distracted by all the, the details that are, in my mind anyway, as somebody who's in touch with the, the quote, canon, uh, incorrect. Uh, but you you did a full review of this for the Cine Speak podcast, right, Brad?
1: Yeah, we did. Um, I, there must not have been anything else out that week. Uh. <laughs> 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 no, it was but, a little bit of, uh, you know, my friend Bobby, horror, and he's... You know, pretty big into video games as well. So it was kind of a, you know, a little bit of a crossover there. Um, and I, I didn't really like it that much. Um, I did certainly, I'm sure I'm not as passionate about what how I feel about it as you. Um, but I, I do like the Resident Evil games. I'm actually almost done with my second playthrough of Village right now. Uh, oh, wow. Going, going after that hardcore achievement and getting Ooh. the GOATS so uh <laughs> shooting um, all them goats all yep. those wooden goats yeah <laughs> um but yeah this one I, I i will say even though i wasn't crazy about this movie i could see myself revisiting it at some point if this thing is on black friday on sale 15 bucks or less and it still has a slipcover on the 4k i'll purchase that is my guarantee if it but it's got to still have the slipcover by black friday
0: Dude, that's very reasonable that's very reasonable thinking to me Brad I used to have that agreement with myself for a, a not very good Xbox 360 game called uh, def jam icon um, that game is hilarious uh, if you maybe look up a YouTube video of how it functions it, it's a it's a hip-hop fighting game with a uh, photorealistic graphics but the background's pulse to the beat of the music and you can, you can make the background explode by pressing buttons on the beat Really? <laughs> It's it's like what is it the I'm sorry Miss Jackson music video, it's like that but but you're beating the fuck out of each other in between like the chorus and whatnot, okay, and then the okay. background explodes and like houses fall on people. <laughs> it's it's terrible. It plays like ass. But yeah. I made an agreement with myself way back in the day that's like if I find this in a bargain bin for two dollars or less, I am taking this home. Yep, I'll do it. I've only found it for like five. Like, I've never found it down to two, but I told myself if I find that for two, it's coming home. Yeah, that
1: day will <laughs> come. That day will come.
0: Yeah, but uh, Resident Evil clone, uh welcome to Raccoon City. Um, actually, I very recently wandered over to uh, the uh, university district out here in Seattle and uh, traded in a bunch of redundant DVDs mostly and a couple of bl- Blu rays off my collection. So I actually reduced my collection a little bit. Brad. Mm, wow. Wow. That's no bueno, man. Like uh, we're going down a dark path. Yeah, <laughs> Brad's getting nervous. He's <laughs> like, I don't know if we can keep doing this show, bud. Um, but I traded in uh, some redundant discs I had, uh, and I I walked away with uh, like sixty five bucks in like store credit, and I ended up finding uh, Resident Evil, a brand new copy still sealed for fifteen bucks, and I was like, sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't even like this movie very much, but I'm a super fan why not so i actually do have it on my shelf ready to go for uh, whenever it is i inevitably have to review this thing because kyle kyle has been the driving force behind getting us to talk at length about this movie i'm like okay bud whatever you want i'm gonna shit all over this movie that you like but okay (laughs) yeah but i'm really looking forward to it i have it good to go um, whenever so um yeah Uh, i don't have it on 4k though i do have it on blu-ray so uh uh, just to note that to anybody who gives a shit uh it is coming out on both formats on the same day uh but bopping right along uh, we have a a paramount pictures release of foul play from 1978 uh starring goldie hahn and chevy chase uh Man, Chevy Chase can be so goddamn funny. I just wish he was a better person.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I I agree. I I gotta give him res- a little respect though. Like when uh, somebody recently—I don't know if you heard—like called him out on like you know what's the deal with all your castmates not liking you. And he just basically was like, "I don't care." And like, I'll give him some respect for just being like, "I don't give a shit if people don't like me." Like, yeah, I mean, he he is a jerk, but at least he's like just like upfront about it. Yeah, at least he owns it, I guess. Yeah,
0: and also, you know, the the I don't know how much truth there is to it, but the guy did have his claim of being in chronic pain through most like most of his career and whatnot. <laughs> so, like, uh, I would imagine that would make you kind of ornery, but. I just wish he was a better person because, like, when when he's good, he's really fucking good. Oh, yeah. Good. He's great. He's fantastic. It's just, God, he sucks. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Brad, Miller's Crossing from Criterion, 1990. What do you guys say about well, it? Well,
1: you know, I, I actually have quite a bit to say about it. Um, this that's why is, I'm tossing
0: it to you because I don't have shit. All right. Well, this
1: is, you know, this seems to happen every month. This is my... This is Brad's monthly Blu ray buyer beware bulletin. Ooh. So <laughs> I had to sneak that in there. Um, so this disc from Criterion. Criterion, we love Criterion. They respect films and they respect filmmakers. And hey, maybe they respect filmmakers a little too much. Maybe they respect filmmakers too much. So they don't respect their consumers enough. So Miller's Crossing. I've only seen it once. It's been a long time. I couldn't tell you much about this movie. I do remember liking it, but let's say you're a big fan of Miller's crossing and you're like, all right, Miller's crossing getting upgraded to criterion. Blu-ray you pre-order it. It comes in the mail. Day one, you unwrap it, you open it up, you pop it in your Blu-ray player. And you're like, yep, this is the Miller's crossing. I know and love it. Just, it says the plot synopsis on the back, some new bonus features. All is good. And you're watching it, and all of a sudden, some of your favorite parts of the movie are not in this release. And you're thinking, Hey oh, what's going on here? And you think the the line, Jesus Tom, which is a classic line from according to people on Blu-ray.com. I don't remember the line, but apparently it's a classic. It's not in this release, and it is a classic line. So people on you go on Blu-ray.com in the forums, you go in, people reach out to Criterion. And Criterion responds and says that this is a brand new cut of the film that apparently one or both of the Coen brothers supervise the edit of this, and it's about two minutes shorter. And the issue with that is that nowhere on the Criterion release, nowhere in any of the press releases, does it say anything about this being a new cut. As far as anybody who knew before this came out, this was the same Miller's Crossing that everyone knew and loved when, in fact, it is a new cut of the film. And uh, just kind of some shady business practice there from Criterion. Like, I'm I'm fine with, you know, directors... Like, I'm not a big fan, but, you know, what? if a director wants to recut a film, okay, whatever. But I'd prefer having both versions of it on the disc, and at the very least, I'd prefer... Uh, you know, criterion to be upfront about that. Um, so yeah, very questionable and a lot of people online, not too happy. I heard a lot of people saying, thank God I didn't open my Blu-ray before coming on to the blu-ray.com forum. Otherwise, uh, I would be in trouble and I am returning this disc and, uh, we'll be sticking with the, uh, standard release that came out uh, years ago. That's what some people are saying. Um, but also i heard that the picture quality not much of an improvement over the previous release so i'd say this is a big ol skip for me very uh very shocking holy shit <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow um damn brad see that that's exactly why i like doing this show with you brad is <laughs> because i like unlike unlike brad i i uh, i don't really do deep dives into the blu-ray.com forums. I I peruse the calendar for sure. I take a look at the specs of discs I'm going to buy, but that's kind of the extent of my interactions with the website, which is why Brad should get the blu-ray.com sponsorship uh, and not me. (laughs) But, um, but wow, that is fucked. I, I have, I have a visceral gut reaction to that, that that is very negative. Um, That's not cool to the consumer. Uh, to issue a product to them without letting them know that this is not what they're expecting because this is a film from 1990 a beloved film there's a reason it's in the criterion collection but uh yeah to not to not um advertise the fact that it's a, a different cut of the film seems very odd to me um and also like why would why wouldn't you just include both cuts or something uh, like that seems elementary like like why like your criterion it shouldn't be asking too much to put out multiple cuts on like one or two discs or something i mean it i'm sure it would come at cost to the consumer but we're all degenerates out here we're all movie collectors we'll pay it we'll pay out the nose for miller's crossing no problem um but wow that that is bizarre
1: yeah and i i just uh i'm hopping i'm trying to find criterion's uh statement well not even a statement this is somebody had to reach out to criterion ask what was going on and this is find their response to exactly how they worded it but um somebody uh and i can't i can't cite this as a reliable source but somebody said they went through and found that there were 70 changes between the uh original cut and this one so in that few minutes of cut footage there is you know quite a bit of difference here and uh yeah kind of not great not no, great at all um...
0: I'm, I'm looking at, at, at a disc on my shelf, uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Apocalypse Now on 4K, that I, it comes with every edition of the film, as far as I understand, like every major edition anyway. It has the theatrical, it has redux, and then it has a, a super duper special edition redux that was put out specifically for this 4K release. All three cuts are in the box and they're they're separate from each other and it's it was advertised to the consumer that hey, if you have a preferred version of the film, you're certainly welcome to just watch that one. Uh, it, wow, I, I don't get that man. that's so weird. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was kind of I was thinking I was probably gonna pick this up in the next criterioterian sale because I don't own the film. Um, I actually like the uh, artwork on this one and it does seem like it would fit nicely. In the collection, but uh, I think if I do get it, I probably will just be getting the standard uh, Blu-ray, as long as that is still in print, which I think I checked, and it was.
0: Well, and that's a big disappointment, too, that in terms of fidelity, like image quality and whatnot, it's not a huge step up, either. Mm -hmm. Like, at the very least, you'd hope that if you're going to take the trouble to re-edit the fucking film, maybe also clean it up while you're in there, but I, I guess not, so... Miller's Crossing, folks. Uh, buyer beware, I guess.
1: Yep, that was my my monthly. Uh, yeah. Oh, so yeah.
0: I, I mean, Brad, like it's like clockwork, man. There's at least one of these controversies that you have to share on uh, like every every time we do this show. So again, this is part of why I enjoy having you here, uh, because you you bring the scoops, you bring the hot takes,
1: <laughs> and and just I did find the Criterion uh, response when somebody e- uh, emailed them or whatever. Uh, they responded, I can confirm that the Coen's made some minimal edits to the Master for this director-approved release of Miller's Crossing. But that was not put out in any sort of public forum, and it certainly was not put out before the film was officially released. Yeah, you, you can't do that,
0: you know, uh, when it comes to fans in particular, like like— not, to, not to get us dangerously close to doing review of the movie that we have yet to review, but Resident Evil colon Welcome to Raccoon City. That was my major issue with a lot of the movie. That's why I was unable to engage with it on the same level that Kyle was. Was that it makes a lot of references, like clear cut references to things directly from the games. And the way I I like to phrase it is, everything is referenced, but everything is wrong, and it results in a distracted viewing experience where like I, I keep my eyes keep twitching involuntarily where I'm like that that's not right like mm-hmm. I, I understand what you're doing but you did it wrong and I could imagine that happening with like a super fan of Miller's Crossing where you're watching the movie and you're like whoa something something is wrong something's amiss but I can't put my finger on exactly what and then you have to hop online and dig deep into the forums just to find out what the fuck is wrong with your brand new Criterion disc that you were really excited to bring home and probably paid too much for.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of, I, I really don't pre-order Blu-rays often at all because you never know when an issue like this might come up. And, you know, this is not a, uh, like, technical uh, gaff Like, this is something that seems like they knew about for sure. And uh, they just didn't inform people. It's pro- they probably announced the release, and Joel and Ethan, those bullies, bullied Criterion and said we're recutting this thing, and Criterion was just too chicken shit to tell people. They 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 pulled the. It's like the classic friend who like doesn't want to tell you no. They don't want to hang out, so they just have the classic like, oh maybe uh, maybe I'll be free later. Maybe at uh, and you know. So it's like you gotta just you gotta get out in front of it. You gotta just make your stance. You gotta just.
0: Yeah, I'm the master of the maybe someday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Seattle though, so it comes with the territory. We're, we're all very well versed in those techniques, but um, anyway, let's move on. Uh, so we have uh, the Spider Man, the Spidermans. Uh, trilogy the sam raimi trilogy of films from 2002 to 2007 on 4k i believe they were released individually already on the format but this is just a a box set collecting all of them as far as i understand they're they're solid discs um i already have them on blu-ray so not something i'm gonna run out and dump extra money into acquiring but uh hey if if you're in the market for a new spider-man's uh trilogy go ahead and pick up this 4k uh we have a 1974 edition of a uh, murder on the orient express um this uh recently had a, a theatrical sequel uh <laughs> directed by Kenneth Branagh now did you uh review this for the cinema speak podcast
1: yeah yeah we did talk death on the nile um and i do own the kino release of death on the nile the 19 whatever 70 some version um so I, I might pick up this uh, Murder on the Orient Express release. Surprised it wasn't included as part of their Paramount Presents line. Because um, it does seem like it would fit pretty well with that. But uh, yeah, I've never seen this version of Murder on the Orient Express. So I'd like to check it out. I'm looking at the, the cast and crew and uh, it looks it
0: looks intriguing. I mean, directed by Sidney Lumet. So it's mm-hmm. a Lumet. Yeah, that, that, I, that is a selling point that's for a, sure. That's a huge selling point. And as everybody's favorite, Albert Finner. <laughs> Albert <Ferner. laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> it's practiced <laughs> um but yeah uh not something i'm going to run out to pick up but uh, good timing on the part of the studio for putting that out being as it's in the public consciousness right now uh we have the farmer from 1977 from scorpion releasing um now brad i'm looking into the plot description here but is this a
1: title that you're familiar with I really only know it by the reputation of people were very excited when the Blu-ray came out. Um, I think there I don't know if there was any like some rights issues or something, but it was just like, you know, long awaited to finally get a Blu-ray release. And there were people that were fired up about it. I think it's some sort of like gritty 70s revenge kind of movie or something. Um,
0: <laughs> there's a couple of choice words in the plot description that you don't find in many movies yeah. <laughs> pretty intense ones so yeah mm-hmm. it does sound pretty gritty uh for sure but scorpion releasing um
1: i don't think i have any of other titles brad do you uh i think i might have a couple did they release opera i think they might have released opera maybe not looking I'm looking at their back
0: catalog. I remember you were looking into uh, Tinto Terra, I think the mm. the uh, shark movie. Uh, they did put out opera.
1: Okay, I I have yeah. opera, but you know I didn't get a Tinto Terra, even though maybe I said when we reviewed the releases, maybe I said I was going to get it. I did not. <laughs> uh, excuse
0: me. It's a Tintoterre.
1: Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. Tiger shark apparently. <laughs> yeah. So. Um.
0: Yeah, I don't have one of their titles yet, but uh, that's pro- I'm probably not gonna start with the farmer because, like I said, there's some pretty pretty choice words mentioned in that plot description. It's like, ooh, uh, not sure what I'm gonna find uh, a night war where I'll be in the mood for that. <laughs> but bopping on down, uh, we have uh, legendary weapons of China from 1982, put out by 88 Films, which, as far as I know, they're a, a British uh, publisher. Um, occasionally, they put out uh, Region A titles though and i'm not positive if this is a region a um but unfortunately they're one of those companies that announces all their products very loudly and proudly and then i read the fine print and i'm like well i don't have a region free player so i guess i won't be picking that up uh, they've put out a lot of uh jackie chan's uh back catalog uh some titles that i, I don't really have access to on blu-ray at least in the u.s uh, that i'd very much like to pick up someday but that that uh that region B man, it, it 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 just pisses me off every time I see it. But uh, they're also putting out the flag of iron. Uh, so these are like uh, 1980s, like early 80s uh, martial arts flicks. Uh, we have Gold Diggers of 1933 from the year 1933, uh, part of the uh, Warner Archive collection. Um, <clears throat> We have a super-duper special edition of Resident Evil, Colin, Welcome to Raccoon City, by the way. It's a steel book with uh, some, like, art cards and whatnot. I considered it at one point, and I was like, I don't think I need a super-duper special edition of a movie I don't even like that much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good call. (laughs) Yeah, you know, money, Brad, as you said. (laughs) Um, Don't Go in the House, uh, from 1980. Now, uh, apparently... This is one of those movies, one of those foreign horror titles that has a shit ton of titles to
1: it, like alternate titles. Mm-hmm. This is a common occurrence in the genre, but uh, is this one that is known to you? Uh, no, not too much. I think, actually, this has been out on Blu-ray previously, I, I want to say by Scorpion. I could be wrong. Oh, wow, because this is a Severin version of it. Yeah, it's a new release through Severin. Um and, you know, just like, look at Severin, uh, you know, they got one movie, three cuts. I mean, they're advertising it loud and proud. They're not holding any, they're not hiding any shit on this disc. How um,
0: fucking hard was that? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I believe it is a, a horror film involving a, uh, madman with a flamethrower, um, from the little bit I've read about it. And, uh, Sick. <laughs> it seems like it'd be something up my alley and, uh, I haven't bought any uh, Severin titles in a while, so maybe their next sale I might pop on some.
0: Yeah, check it out, man. I mean, how how many uh, how many killer movies out there have a a person brandishing a flamethrower? It's pretty good. Pretty (laughs) good, tight, man. (laughs) Uh, But popping on down, uh, we have uh, Twelve Angry Men from Kino from 1997. So I believe this is a television remake Mm -hmm. of. Was the original also a television film?
1: Uh, no, it, it was not a television film, although I'm trying to, there, there is something, I think it actually, I think it might've been. I think might you have did been. mention
0: that. I think you did mention that because you talked to me about the Criterion release you have. Yeah. So it was, maybe it was initially released on television, but it, it made its way to theaters maybe shortly thereafter or something. I
1: want to say they did like a, a TV version of it that was like shortened. And Uh-oh. then they reshot it with like bigger actors, and for a theatrical, I, I could be just pulling this out of the air. I don't know, but that now that you mentioned that, that does sound right. Um, but yeah, this one uh, it is a TV remake, but this one is uh, directed by William Friedkin, a big selling point. Yeah, and uh, funny
0: enough, the original was uh, Sidney Lumet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so both fantastic directors, and just looking at this cast for this television movie or not. You got Jack Lemmon, you got George C. Fucking Scott, and you got Baby James Gandolfini. Holy fucking shit! And Courtney B. Vance and Edward James Fucking Almost, the most intense man on the planet. <laughs> it's just like, good God, that's a stacked fucking
1: cast. I do question, like, if this. I mean, maybe it, I. Maybe it does. I don't know. Does this take place, like, still, like, in the fifties, or do they? Tr- is it modern day? Because if it's modern day, I mean, it's a little. I don't want to say problematic, but it doesn't quite make sense that it would be 12 angry men. Um, yeah, you have a few women in there, I would think <laughs> <laughs> you would. You would hope maybe yeah. they just like say, well, we're just not going to acknowledge because I, I don't know. But like I who selected
0: this jury. Jeez.
1: Listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to get woke here or anything. I'm just saying it seems like that's a big plot hole. All right
0: yeah i i can't tell from the wardrobe um it's it comes out it's from 1997 so it's like in terms of fashion we're kind of all over the place for middle-aged men anyway but um looking at the the rest of the names listed on the cover here uh, we also have uh, william peterson uh from what csi um we have McKelty williamson uh we have tony fucking danza hopefully playing a character named tony otherwise i'm sure there were a lot of botched takes where he forgot his lines because he didn't realize they were talking to him (laughs) but yeah actually uh, ozzy davis as well um i would be excited to check out this version of it i didn't know i I can't remember it coming out i feel like maybe i saw it advertised or something back in the day but i wasn't especially dialed into stuff like that when i was like 10 or whatever um, but I, I would imagine this is not half bad, especially with fucking William Friedkin at the helm. Jeez. And
1: just look at the Kino, like not to just keep shitting on Criterion, but <laughs> Kino having presenting this on disc in two presentations. You can watch the TV ratio or the theatrical ratio, whichever you prefer. So again,
0: how fucking hard was that?
1: <laughs> beautiful. It's not even for a
0: movie that I'm sure there's a whole lot of enthusiasm for, and they treat it like it's fucking royalty. <laughs> How hard was that? Yeah. Jeez. Wow. Anyway, um, beside that, we have a uh, collector's edition from Shout Factory of a uh, Paranoiac uh, from 1963. This is a black and white feature, which um, Oliver Reed, man, he's one of those actors that I I have not had a whole lot of experience with him, but every time i've seen him he is just electric like he is a magnificent actor um he's he i think uh kyle much more so than me is like really desperate to explore more of his filmography but uh i'm i'm right on i'm right on the bandwagon with him and uh oliver reed is a special breed of actor that i'd very much like to check out more of his stuff i'm not sure where to start with all that um paranoiac uh, may as well be paranoiac <laughs> but um i don't know anything about this film but just seeing his 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 baby blues on the cover there makes me interested um we have uh, king richard on 4k from the year 2021 this is being put out by warner brothers of course um I forget, Brad. Did you guys do like a micro review of this one on the Cinder to Speak podcast?
1: Um, I think it might have been a full Big Daddy review, actually. Oh, damn. Um, yeah, it would have had to be because it was an HBO Max uh, release. Oh,
0: it f- it came during that that era of the show. That's right. Yeah. So
1: yeah, we did <laughs> review this one, and it, you know, it was actually it was it was pretty good. It's uh, you know, very much like typical what you would expect, kind of Oscar Beatty biopic, but pretty well made and. uh... Will Smith, I wasn't like crazy about his performance. Like I think his voice is a little goofy, but he is good in the role. Like he definitely brings that, you know, charisma and also the dramatic chops. I uh, just, I don't know the voice. I don't know. I maybe I would have had some. If I was uh, giving him some notes, I would have been like, eh, maybe we, maybe we can lose the voice. I don't. I don't think anybody's gonna really care if you sound exactly like him. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. It's good.
0: Okay, uh, I know very little about it, but I do know that uh, his performance uh, was getting a lot of uh, a lot of praise, and I, I think he's in the running for an Oscar
1: for sure. I think he he's... might be the front runner after last night. He did win the SAG award last night, so well, there you go. You heard it here, folks.
0: <clears throat> uh, I haven't seen it myself, but um,
1: not not especially excited to run
0: out and check it out. But uh, again, just not enough punching I'm, I'm sorry the movie's about tennis not boxing so wrong sport <laughs> but uh for me anyway but um bopping on down uh we have a uh, another warner brothers uh title warner brothers animation of a catwoman Colin hunted on a 4k and Book uh from the year 2022 uh, this is a catwoman animated feature um and this uh just looking at the screenshots it's like wow Warner Brothers animations uh their uh, their style has shifted uh decidedly like they've taken a turn like really harshly into like anime style like character designs and whatnot like it was always kind of there like during the Bruce Timm era and whatnot but we're like really pushing it hard now hmm. um I don't know anything about this I'm not gonna watch it uh I used to watch all of these a long time ago but um as I've probably said on the show before um I don't know these DC animated movies about like DC Comics characters and stuff. They I actually kind of wish they had less punching, which I know I'm just I'm completely contradicting myself as of like hypocrite. 30 seconds ago. Yeah, I'm a total hypocrite, but um what do you want more they, tennis in there now? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's that's what Catwoman hunted. Colin Hunted needs is more tennis, but um yeah, I, I just noticed a pattern where they they kind of s- just stop trying very hard at telling stories and started padding out the runtime of too many other movies with just needless action scenes. I was like, you know, that's cool and all, but like a lot of the stories that you're advertising, like with the titles and whatnot of a lot of these features are based on really, really good comics that, you know, maybe you should reference the writing. Um, So like, like I guess a total hypocrite talking directly out my ass here, but I just noticed that pattern. I got really tired of it. Um, So I kind of just walked away from them until they do Nightfall. I'll say that much. If they do a Nightfall animated movie, Brad, buying it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to pre-order that shit. I will, I will pre-order Nightfall Warner Brothers animation if you make it. All right. <laughs> do you know that story, Brad? Uh, I curious. do not. Okay. Well, that's right. You're, you're not the comic guy. Santino's, Santino's the comic expert on yeah. uh, the Cinema speak I'm podcast. I'm sure he knows it. I'm sure he does actually. Uh, Nightfall is uh, the story where uh, Bane breaks Batman's back.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, they they blow up Arkham Asylum and everybody gets free. Batman gets uh, pushed to his limits and Bane shows up and goes... <laughs> it's fucking tight. Um, anyway,
1: uh, moving right along. Uh, Brad, I'm going to kick it over to you again. Uh, what jumps out at you? Um, There's a release uh, from 1974 called uh, The Antichrist, which uh, I, I know nothing about and it is not... Uh, Antichrist uh, which I believe you guys covered a while ago yes um, we did <laughs> this is a different release I don't know anything about it but it is a keynote Le- elite release and uh, it's a little uh, intriguing um, just because yeah I like horror I guess <laughs> Um, well, Also, it has that, like,
0: fisheye effect where it looks like we're looking through, like, a, a people on a door yeah. or something. Like, mm-hmm. I know it's from 1974, so it's probably not a found footage horror film, but, it, like, the cover art has that kind of vibe to it, like a voyeuristic kind of a look to it.
1: Yeah, especially with there being a bed, and before I zoomed in on the uh, cover, I was questioning whether this was a porno title, because it was <laughs> a voyeuristic look on a woman in a bed, but uh, no, I, I do not believe it is. Um looks like just a horror uh uh, oh well (laughs) what's this this surf nazis must die we you got anything to say about this uh i
0: only know it as a trauma film Uh, i don't know anything about it other than that's the studio that made it back in the day but this is from 1987 and it looks like oh wow uh is trauma putting out like they're publishing their own discs it looks like they have
1: been lately yeah
0: Okay. So they're taking their back catalog. Uh, And uh, I'm sure Lloyd Kaufman to this very day is ever so thankful that uh, James Gunn is the success that he's become because he can forever associate his brand with James Gunn. And anybody curious to explore that, that man's origins as a filmmaker and a screen presence can find their way over to the Troma website and Lloyd Kaufman's back catalog, Mm -hmm. um, including titles like surf Nazis must die from 1987. Um, yeah, haven't seen it, uh, not especially uh, interested in checking it out, but, you know, that cover art is pretty fun, <laughs> I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie. It's, like, that is certainly a cover that you'd want to put up with the the cover facing outward for, a you know, as a conversation piece or something. It's yeah. a coffee table book. Yeah, of <laughs> course. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we have God's Gun from, uh, yeah, that's the correct intonation, God's Gun god's gun (laughs) from a uh uh, kino Lorber, uh so this would be from 1976 and uh this has of course uh veteran uh, western actors in it uh lee van cleef and jack palance uh for sure and everybody's favorite sybil danning uh sybil danning (laughs) look her up um arrow is putting out yet another printing of a legend from 1985 that would of course be ridley scott's fantasy film um that is absolutely gorgeous to look at but i couldn't fucking tell you a thing about it other like what it's about (laughs) like it's just like nice to look at um not it's one of those movies i've considered like picking up on like 4k or something just as like eye candy or something but then that's always what gets in the way so i'm just like but i in my gut, I know like that's mostly all it is to me. But it really is absolutely fantastic to look at, though. But uh, we have A Walk in the Sun from 1945. 4K Definitive Restoration from Kit Parker Films. Uh, do you know them, Brad?
1: No, I don't know them. Um, the cover of this movie is insanely cheap-looking. Um, yes. It's pretty <laughs> gross.
0: Yeah, it's, it's pretty hideous um they're trying really really hard to disguise the fact that it's a 1945 film um but kit parker films uh it looks like they they mostly put out vintage titles um none that really jump out at me so I don't really know what their their niche is but somebody out there I'm sure just like jizzed in their pants at the sight of this horrendous cover for A Walk in the Sun 4K Definitive Restoration Edition oh my god Brad oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what else we got we got a, a box set of uh, Santo el, el, el Enmascarado de Plata the silver masked uh, from 1963 to 1974. Uh, do you know anything about Santo, Brad? Very little. I'm sure you know more than I do. I don't. Mo- I don't know much, but okay. I-, I do have. You probably his mask. still know more. I do have his mask on my wall. Yeah, um, I was going to say Sa- Santo is a a lucha libre wrestler from back in the day that. Um, he also had a storied film career where he did all sorts of crazy adventure movies and fought vampires and werewolves and stuff. He wore a cape. He did wrestling moves on vampires. It's all good. Um, uh, they're really fun. Like I have no fucking clue what's going on half the time, but they're they're just like batshit crazy action adventure movies starring a masked wrestler man. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could you could certainly spend your afternoon doing worse things. Um, and this is not something I'm going to be picking up but uh, I do think it's very charming that somebody's taking the time to put it out there. Um, we have a remote, from 1993. This is a, a full moon features disc. Uh, I'm looking at their back catalog and uh, it looks like they've been busy in the past several months. Um, a lot of, uh, what is it? Um, full moon features. That's a uh, Charles Band. Is that right? Um, like the, the, uh, the little, little puppet master characters, right? Oh, is it? I think so. I want to say that's what they, they like, I think that's their branding. Yeah. Okay. They put out a lot of, the, they put out the puppet master titles and a uh, doll man. Um, so yeah, I guess this is another release from their catalog. They also have a, I think it's a Dr. Mordred. Is that the Jeffrey Combs movie? It is. Yeah. So apparently, the the story behind this movie, Dr. Mordred, is uh, it's starring uh, Jeffrey Combs. uh, And it's a, oh yeah, and uh, Pacific Northwest's favorite son, Brian Thompson, when he had hair before he shaved his head. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's basically a proto Doctor Strange movie. Um, I think I think they couldn't get the licensing for the names and whatnot, but it's it basically is a Doctor Strange movie done on the slide, just called Dr. Mordred. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, we have remote uh, from Full moon features from 1993. And uh, what else we got? I'm gonna toss it over to you again, Brad. What, what, what's catching your eye?
1: Uh, not a ton. There's a couple mondo uh, macabro releases, Succubus. And, uh, Hiruko the Goblin. Um, only thing I know about the Succubus release is I do believe that there was a slip cover, like, you could get a version where, uh, you, you see, are you looking at the cover here? You see that, uh, that cloth? I, yeah. I yeah. do believe there was a slip cover variant where that cloth was no longer there. If you're, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if that was a selling point for some, I guess, um, and then uh, we've got an MVD Rewind collection release of Liar's Moon with Matt Dillon. And, I mean, you're the MVD head out of the two <laughs> of us. So, <laughs> I bought from them once
0: on a sale. More than I have. <laughs> well, no, wait. I, I take that back. I have three titles oh, I got go. from them on a sale. It goes from one have- to
1: three in five seconds.
0: But the very first thing I had to get from them, I absolutely had to. Brad was um, a drive uh, from nineteen ninety seven with a uh, Mark de Costas. Yeah, and have, um,
1: have you heard the news on that?
0: Uh, I it, it's getting a four K release, correct? Yeah,
1: I think uh, they're putting it out on four K, and I want to say, is it eighty eight films as well? Um, there are some British publisher i believe i want to say i think the
0: last time i checked it it was 88 so it's like mvd got their their swing at it but then it's like oh well i guess they're gonna do it better yeah shit yeah. <laughs> both putting
1: it out on 4k this year sometime so uh
0: it's it's worth a look um i i have a connection to that movie that comes from me picking up a like a, a bootleg of it way back in the day uh, i was really hyped on that movie because uh, a lot of the stunt crew involved in that was also involved in a Giver 2 Dark Hero Um, and I was really up on that movie and I wanted to see more of what they had to offer and uh, they certainly brought it for that one so that was like the first MVD release that I I knew I had to rush out and get Um, but other than that I picked up a bunch of cheapo titles from them uh, on a sale but um, (laughs) beyond that um, they do have some lesser uh Van Dam movies as well as some decent Van Damme movies in there. Like I did pick up double impact from them, but uh, Black Eagle is a lesser Van Damme film that unfortunately, as much as I love the man, I don't really need to own <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's just the reality of it. Um but bouncing on down, um there's a there's a shit ton of titles for this week, but I'm I'm gonna have yeah, to skip know, a, lot a, lot a lot of them. Are- yeah.
1: I think a lot of them are just re-releases and
0: crap. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with myself and just be like, you know, if I don't have anything to say, I'm just not going to acknowledge it. We don't have to talk about everything. So, yeah, uh, yeah, we'll just skip on down to the next week.
1: Before we skip to the next week, let's just pop quick on into a little detour here. February 11th, which is not the next week, but this was when uh, Vinegar Syndrome had their Valentine's Day sale uh, kicked oh, off on that Friday, so uh, they announced some new porno titles. Uh, and if you're, if you're now, unlike the Antichrist, these are porno titles. Um, we have Dracula Sucks 4K, um, Dragoose, and Le Le Beau, Le beau d'amour, uh, <laughs> double feature. <laughs> um, a corruption, which I gotta say, listen, I. I not i don't own any porno titles on blu-ray i don't I, or anywhere anywhere i don't own any of but uh i did watch a video review from a youtuber i like who reviewed corruption and kind I, i'm not buying it but kind of made me go hmm so these could these are some of these are artfully done like there's some like some there's some weird like I mean, this is 83, so I wouldn't say it was uh, inspired by David Lynch, but almost like creepy, Lynchian vibes to this corruption film. Like, not necessarily something you're going to, you know, get your rocks off to, uh, even if it does feature hardcore sex. Um, And there's a couple other uh, partner labels here that I'm not even going to try to pronounce them. And then the only other one, uh, non-porno title, but they did announce it. During their porno sale is Madman getting upgraded to 4K, which I do not own, so I probably will pick up that 4K at some point.
0: Yeah, I I did hear rumblings that this was definitely worth a look, uh, especially for someone with your taste, Brad. Uh, so definitely <clears throat> pick that one up when you can. But that's that's your other like of your many responsibilities on catching up on Blu-ray, Brad. Um, I always appreciate you having uh, the scoop on the Vinegar Syndrome titles because. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you, you got your finger to the pulse in a way that I absolutely do not. <laughs> so I, I appreciate the insight. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, no problem, but.
0: Okay. So let's bounce on down to the next calendar week. That would be a feb uh, Oh boy. February 15th, 2022. It's been a long fucking day. What's in that coffee over there? <laughs> booze nothing but booze booze and shame <laughs> uh our first major release is marvel's eternals on 4k which i do own brad <laughs> um, I, Wow, I, I did i did cash in some of that store credit that i said i got uh, yeah that was for, quick for, for for trading in all my uh like extraneous dvds and whatnot uh for one of these mostly just because i am a collector Uh, And I do have all the other Marvel titles, so we've reached that sad part of the collecting journey where we're starting to collect out of habit rather than joy, uh, which is not a happy place to be in. I did not feel especially good about this purchase because I have heard some shit about this movie. But what's what's your take on Eternals, Brad?
1: Uh, I thought it was pretty boring. Um, I mean, it's not like a dumpster fire, but yeah, it's just very dull and I was not a fan. Uh didn't really like any of the characters. Uh I like if I just thinking about potentially rewatching watching this movie someday, uh fills me with dread. So <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> yeah, I th- it would I cannot imagine watching this again any anytime soon. Yeah, I had
0: zero hype for this when even when it was announced and when the trailers came out. Like everybody was talking about how the cinematography has such a different vibe, it has such a different flavor to it. It seems like it seems like we're going down a different road at Marvel Studios. And I was like, yeah, a boring one. <laughs> like yeah. like I, I just didn't it didn't do anything for me. And what's more, I'm, I forget if Santino made mention of this, but in the comics, the Eternals are either a non-entities Or B, boring and not interesting at all. Um, Which, you know, in terms of generating enthusiasm and hype for an upcoming feature film, like, as soon as it was announced, I was like, why? Why are you doing that? (laughs) Like, like, did you learn nothing from your Inhumans experiment, aka that show that I don't even know if it lasted one whole season? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, there are certain characters. Not every character in the Marvel catalog is destined for greatness. And the Eternals, I'm sorry, I'm sure... Today, when I'm not reading comics, I'm sure in 2022, Marvel is trying its damnedest to, to get the best writers and the best artists working on the Eternals comics, which I'm sure there are three or four of right now because there's a fucking movie to promote. But I'm sorry. <laughs> They're just not good. Yeah. Um, so, like, I have zero hype going into this. I still haven't watched it, but I'm going to watch it. I'm just <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to choke it down. Like like a big hunk of stale bread
1: <laughs> yeah, just make sure you have uh some coffee or rain energy because you're gonna need it um.
0: yeah you you dozed off watching this one, right? uh
1: yes, yes, <laughs> at least once, <laughs>
0: oh damn <laughs> okay, well uh, another movie that um comes from a, a director who uh, I guess is a uh, somewhat divisive because uh, I do know that there are some like eternals fans out there. it is a divisive film, not like most of the people i respect chat all over it but there are people out there who really do like it yeah. um, so another director of a divisive property is a uh, ryan johnson and uh, we have a 4k release of his film from 2012 a looper um i haven't been listening to the cinema speak podcast long enough to know if you guys did a review of looper but what's uh what's your take on that one <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, boy, I don't know if I've ever talked about Looper on the show, um, but I, uh, I've seen it, it's, I don't know, I remember when it came out, it was kind of like, I don't know if it was just, like, who I was, like, paying attention to, but, like, the hype train on this kind of was at a pretty high level, and I was looking forward to it and thinking it was gonna be great, and I feel like I watched it and I kind of forced it a little bit, and, uh, like, I think I've maybe only watched it twice, and it's... I mean, I don't dislike it, but I don't know if it's that third act really kills it for me at the farm. I don't know if it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt's goofy-ass makeup uh, trying to look like Bruce Willis. I don't know. It's something—it's not bad. Um, And I do, overall, like Ryan Johnson. Um, But this one's kind of—like, it's good, but, you know, nothing to write home to mama about.
0: Yeah, actually, that was kind of my take as well. Like, there's some clever ideas at work. It's a handsome movie as well. Um, but, yeah, the the third act in particular is what, what jumped out at me. is just, like, not clicking for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about that kid, Brad. I really just did not like that kid yeah like he was pissed he was really pissing me off i don't know what it is like maybe it's maybe it's a personal thing but i was like i hate this kid <laughs> get him out of the film why yeah. is this, why is so much of this movie about this stupid fucking kid <laughs> why do we have so, have so many stupid fucking close-ups of him screaming <laughs> stop it it's terrible yeah. i felt um, the
1: same yeah. way but i i usually hate all kids in movies so i didn't know if that was anything to say about this one <laughs>
0: words to live by most kids in movies deserve to be hated yeah. <laughs> actually that's oftentimes the the mark of quality for a film if they're willing to kill kids on camera you're, you're looking at a great ass film
1: <laughs> we'll get into it in another week here
0: <laughs> child death on film is is one of those things it's like man americans got to soften up about that bad things happen man mm-hmm. <laughs> but um yeah looper is not something i have a whole lot of enthusiasm for but like i said there are people out there, much like Eternals, that have a lot of good things to say about it. I'm not really one of them. I didn't think it was bad by any means. Just I was just like, oh, that was a movie. Okay, never going to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and beside that, though, we have a 4K release of uh, Joe Dante's The Howling from 1981 from a Scream Factory, and uh, this is like the biggest blind spot for me uh, in terms of my uh, my werewolf cinema. Um, this is one of the really big ones that I. It's, it's the eternal the eternal struggle, Brad, the eternal head-to-head clash, the Dante's Peak and Volcano situation, the deep impact in the Armageddon. It was this and American Werewolf in London. I don't think they went head-to-head at the box office, but in terms of their, their uh, reputation for quality on-screen uh, transformations, um, it's the eternal debate, like, who did it better? Was it Rick Baker's American Werewolf in London? Or was it, I forget who the makeup effects technicians were on The Howling, it, it helps that I haven't seen it, whereas I've seen American <laughs> World in London a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, both films apparently have absolutely extraordinary transformation sequences, but this is the one I haven't seen, and I love Joe Dante. So this is a movie I'd really love to check out. So I'm actually very tempted to grab this at some point. How about you, Brad?
1: Yeah, it's a a blind spot for me as well, Um, and uh, it's a blind spot for me, and I even own it on uh, Blu-ray here. The uh, Scream Factory put out a steelbook, which I uh, got suckered into buying when it was limited to how many? 6,000 units or whatever, and I said, oh, I gotta pick that up. What a joke. I was so stupid back then, three years ago. (laughs) I should have known it was coming out on 4K. Um, But no, yeah, like, I, I want to watch it. I would have wanted to get the 4K, but I'm like, well, I've owned this on Blu-ray for three, four years and never watched it. Probably shouldn't upgrade the, to the 4K anytime soon. Yeah, uh,
0: it's it's one that I'd very much like to check out. Actually, when I was uh, at the store on in, in the university district, uh, they had recently gotten a uh, special edition Blu-ray of American Werewolf in London that I did not pick up. Um, mostly because I had it in the back of my mind that's like oh shit that's coming out on 4k really soon also from Arrow and I really do love that movie so may- maybe I'll fork out the cash for that one who knows but yeah the-, the Howling is one that I'd very much like to check out I'm not sure if I'm in a position to, to buy a 4k of it blind um, but it is one that I, I owe it to myself uh, to check out ASAP um, but bopping along we got a 1948 edition of the three musketeers from the warner archive collection that's something that i'm sure kyle would want to check out he has a soft spot for the three musketeers in general um one of our one of our most beloved uh recordings we've ever done was the disney three musketeers from from the early 90s uh, apparently that was like one of kyle's most watched movies uh, in his very early childhood so he was very excited for us to talk about the one that one and uh, yeah to to date i think that's one of the most fun episodes we've ever recorded so uh, check it out folks if you're at all interested but uh, we have yet another criterion release of a uh, love affair from 1939 uh, this is directed by oh two different folks uh, leo mccary and field norton uh, and starring irene dunn and charles boyer
1: uh you know anything about this one brad I don't, but I'm going to say that it's very romantic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, <laughs> we have Nick of Time from 1995, uh, starring Johnny Depp and Christopher Walken, uh, everybody's favorite. Um, I don't know this movie, but I have many, many clear memories of passing this this cover art uh, at like the grocery store growing up. I don't know what it is, but I I, I know nothing about this movie. It's just these, this image is very, very familiar to me. Um, we have uh, another dad movie uh, that probably has aged horribly. <laughs> Remo Williams, colon, The Adventure Begins and Ends, because as far as I know, this movie never got a sequel. <laughs> Are you familiar with this one, Brad? No, I am not, actually. So the reason I say this one uh, probably has not aged well is that it's it's – it's it's like a it's like a secret agent adventure movie starring Fred Ward, who is fucking awesome. Fred Ward's always awesome. Uh, of course from Tremor's fame, that's where mm-hmm. I know him best, but anything he's in, he's always great. Um he's one of those guys that I don't think ever really found his his footing as far as like leading man material goes, but as a supporting actor, he's tremendous. But it's him in like a secret agent adventure movie, but the the gimmick is that he's trained by like a A super secret martial artist from korea that teaches him super duper martial arts and instead of shooting people in the fucking face he just does like crazy martial arts moves on them and then he has to like go out and save the day that way with like his bare hands and whatnot and his wits um it's it's a movie i saw when i was far too young to retain any memories of it but i am fairly certain it it does not hold up (laughs) But I do think it's funny that the title is "The Adventure Begins." As far as I understand, that's 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 the end of it. (laughs) Yeah, that's you know,
1: you definitely kind of jinxed yourself
0: with that one. And uh, speaking of things that I saw when I was probably too young to appreciate it, uh, we also have "Kids in the Hall" colon brain candy from nineteen ninety six from Paramount Pictures. This is, of course, from the uh, the Canadian comedy
1: troupe, and uh, I. I seem to remember this being very good, Brad. Did, have you seen this one? No, kids in the hall a bit of a blind spot for me. Um, I need to watch some more of their stuff.
0: Yeah, I watched a shit ton of the uh the uh like syndicated episodes on Comedy Central back in the day. It mm-hmm. uh, would it was on like around the time I'd come home from school. So, it was just it was just on at exactly the right time, so I watched a shit ton of it for a few years there. Um, and I really enjoyed their stuff. And this movie I actually remember being kind of like, like prescient, like actually had some really interesting uh, themes that are probably still very relevant today. Um, But on top of that, it's absolutely ludicrous and hilarious, maybe a little bit depressing, but also ludicrous and hilarious. But this is something I wouldn't mind checking out again. Um, Yeah. I like Dave Foley. Anytime he
1: shows up and stuff, I I always like him.
0: Yeah. Same here. Uh, He's, he's always welcome wherever you find him. But, um, Gonna kick it over to you again, Brad. What's jumping out at you? What's speaking to you?
1: Um, let me get off Dave Foley's page here. Um, we, I mean, <laughs> got a we got a movie called Lipstick from 1976, but gotta mention the Skulls trilogy from Mill Creek. Um, which uh, I don't know. Have you ever seen the Skulls? No, I have not. Yeah, I, I you know, to complete to complete the Rob Cohen filmography, I guess maybe I should uh, pick this up. Um, but no, I, I've never seen it either. Um, but it was, uh, kind of a popular film back in the day, was it not? Or am I just imagining that? (laughs) Uh, I remember seeing the VHS everywhere.
0: I feel like it probably made the rounds on like stars or, Mm -hmm. or like Encore, one of the premium cable networks or something. Apparently it got at least two direct to video sequels or something, but, um, I don't know if it was especially popular, but it probably it probably just was on at the right times. Um, but yeah, it looks like... Is that Paul Walker on the cover there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Rob Cohen worked with him on uh, Fast and Furious, right? So that would explain that connection there. But um, yeah, I know nothing about the franchise. Uh, not interested at all, but, you know, is what it is.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, um, next to that, there's a movie called 200 Cigarettes, which uh, I don't know much about. It's got a stacked cast, but I just want to mention uh, the blu-ray.com picture quality score, 0.5 out of 5. Um, Have
0: you ever seen a 0.5?
1: I don't know if I have. They basically say it's an upscaled DVD, so it looks like crap. I've never seen a
0: 0.5. That's quite (laughs) low. I've never seen it that low.
1: (laughs) Usually, like, the lowest they go is, like, a 2. Like, even that's low. 0.5, that's a statement. That's a statement review. (laughs)
0: I'm really glad you clicked on that, yeah. Brad. I would have I completely skipped over a bit, but that, that's... Damn. That's, that's <laughs> impressive. You gotta try to fuck it up. Yeah, that yeah. Yikes. <laughs> but yeah, Brad's not wrong though. Stacked cast for whatever it is. We got both Affleck, We got Ben and Casey. We got Dave Chappelle. Uh, kind of a big deal. And uh, Kate Hudson, that lady that... She's she there? Um, in 1999, so of course you had to have Janine Garofalo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um what else what else uh, to quote chris rock um i kind of dig this uh, cover for ghost riders from uh hey mvd visual <laughs> in 1987 um an outlaw gang hanged by a posse in the late 1880s comes back from the grave to terrorize the descendants of the posse's leader sure it's got a bunch of skeletons with rifles and and dusters can't go wrong um we have, again, the, the worst cover art committed to Blu-ray, uh, spontaneous, from yeah. the year 2020.
1: <laughs> but not a bad film. Not a bad film. Just bad cover art.
0: Yeah. No, everything you said about the film actually sounded very intriguing. In fact, I almost put it on the other day. But um, yeah, that, that art is horrendous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so fucking Might
1: bad. be the one time I approve of custom artwork. Might be the one circumstance where I approve of it.
0: Yeah, and uh, I'm looking at some of the other, like, the remainder of the titles from that week, and um, I'm good to call it good. Uh, I will point out that uh, Cosmic Dawn from 2021 has a very cool cover. I don't know anything about this film, though, Brad. Have you heard anything about this? No, I don't think so. The cover is pretty good, though. It's from Cranked Up Films, which, looking at their back catalog and that name, does not bode well for its quality. (laughs) But uh, the cover art is eye-catching. But I don't know. Something doesn't smell right here. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm confident that we can move on to the next week. Yeah, works for me. Okay. So uh, we do have uh, an off-date release of February 21st for uh, Arrow's release of Deadly Games uh, from 1982. So go ahead and point that out. Uh, but our proper release date for the next week is a uh, february 22nd and right out the gate we have a a big release that i was very much looking forward to and already have purchased and watched uh, that would be alligator on 4k from scream factory slash shout factory um from lewis teague is the director and starring robert for-
1: forster uh, brad any hype for alligator <laughs> I was so hyped, I went out to Best Buy, and I bought it day one, baby! Yes! Hey, good man,
0: good man. <laughs> um, so, I believe uh, our conversation that we had with the Movies for Life people, Brian and Michelle, I think all four of us probably got this day one. <laughs> like, I, I'm pretty sure all four of us did.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was looking forward to I've been wanting to see this ever since. Uh, like, it was kind of one of those going on, like, websites, like movies that need a Blu-ray release. A lot of people are like, oh, when, who's going to put out Alligator? It's like a long, just like sought after. And uh, pretty cool that Scream Factory put it out straight to 4K. Um, and uh, I thought it looked really good. Uh, I, I know some Scream Factory releases in the past. Uh, there's been some questionable uh, things with their picture quality. But it seems like from what I saw and what pretty much everything I've been hearing is that this is a really good looking Scream Factory 4K. And let me ask you, did you dig into any of the special features?
0: Not as of yet. I have watched the film. Uh, I've, I had seen it previously, but I saw the television edit of it. So this was actually like a first time oh, okay. viewing experience for the the full on R rated experience. Mm-hmm. But how about yourself?
1: Uh, yeah i uh, I watched it first time. Watch very good, and I gotta say, highly recommend you check out the interview with Brian Cranston. Hey, it is a really good interview. It is like I, honestly like it's it's like funny he like obviously he's like just a very affable guy so he's not just like some like kind of like stodgy you know production designer that they brought on who's not good on camera like he's obviously very animated and fun to watch on camera and it seems like he really wanted to be there to talk about this movie and uh he tells a really touching story about robert forster and it kind of feels like that's kind of why he came to do this after robert for like he like wanted to get this story about meeting Robert Forster on set um, and get it out in the world and it's kind of moving actually it's it's a really good interview so I highly recommend checking that out
0: okay at the very least I'll have to check that one out because mm-hmm. there's I mean it's, it's a packed release it there's is a lot of stuff on the disc but uh, I'll have to start with that because I, I did notice that on the back of the box but I haven't gotten into s- the supplements just yet but mm-hmm. that sounds very exciting i I did enjoy my rewatch of the movie the the extra bits of gore really did make it a better experience than what I remembered because again I saw this movie on edited television so to see it with the gore intact was like "Mm, chef's kiss Mm -hmm. um it does have some pacing issues for sure like it does get a little bogged down on some like the needless romance and stuff (laughs) but but it it the the uh, transfer is awesome like it looks fantastic I didn't expect this movie to look that good um, and for fuck's sake, it's a, it's a 4k 'em up. Like, <laughs> like how often do we get these from, from like this era mm-hmm. 1980? Um, it makes me want to run out and grab, I think it's a Severin release of a Grizzly. Mm, yeah. Um, because that's another one of those eat ups from back in the day that I have only seen on television. And as far as I've heard, uh, that one's actually also particularly violent. So, nice. um, I, I don't even own a Severin title as of yet, so. That's one that
1: as I was watching
0: this one, I was like, oh, man, I should check out Grizzly, too. Mm -hmm.
1: I I loved in Alligator the effect of because I I didn't even realize this is exactly how they did it um, until watching the interview with the director. But how they uh, made like a a couple shots, they made like miniature sets and had a baby alligator like that's like that's creative. Like that's good. Like that's really good.
0: Yeah, there, there's a couple of instances where it's pretty obvious, but like it's charming either way. Some of the most impressive shots to me are where they have like, you can tell it's largely immobile, but they have a live prop in the room and they shoot it at distance. Mm-hmm. Like there's that shot in the alley where it has a man in its jaws, and you see the entire length and breadth of the thing, and it's moving just enough where it's like, oh wow, that's pretty believable. And it helps that they they we're careful enough to know maybe we shouldn't do an extreme close-up on this it's like let's keep the camera far away and have the actor and the and the prop like behave in a way that's somewhat believable Mm -hmm. there's some really cool stuff in here yeah um i i kind of wish there was a little bit more like rampages in the streets like just a little bit more would have like maybe a more protracted version of when it comes out of the sewers for the first time Um, but at the very least, Brad, we get that wedding sequence. Yeah, that's um, a
1: lot of fun. I like the pool scene as well. That's uh, again child death, yeah, child know, death like, on screen. <laughs> that's one thing. Like as a kid, like you know, watching like I would watch Jaws all the time, and it's like he'd pretend, to, like you would be be like, oh, I pretend you'd pretend to be scared in the pool, but it's like you know, there's no sharks in the pool. But like that, like as a kid, if you watch that as a kid, like that could that might fuck you up
0: oh yeah no that was awesome because that is one of those things it's like it, it preys on those those childhood sensibilities yeah. of like <laughs> it's like you hop off the diving board and oh no i, I thought we were joking <laughs> it's like nope that's a gator yeah a big one too um but yeah uh, excellent release i'm very happy to add it to my collection
1: i, I also um, i guess we should mention also this week alligator 2 the mutation did you pick that up I did not pick it up. However,
0: I have also seen this one on television, and I remember this one not being as good. Yeah. Um, it does have Richard Lynch in it, though, and I always appreciate him. He's a good schlock actor, mm-hmm. um, and he is—he's certainly chewing a lot of scenery in that one. But I do remember this one being a step down. But did you grab this one?
1: I I did grab this one as well. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I've good never man. seen it. And uh, Best Buy had a pretty good. I may. I, maybe I should have told you about this. Best Buy had a deal. Uh, you could any. Uh, like I think pretty much any, maybe not any, but most. Uh, like you could th- put a 4K or Blu-ray or whatever in your cart, two or more, and each of them were 20% off. So it's like basically you could make your own sale. So I picked oh. up uh I picked up No Time to Die and uh, Alligator Two in that batch. I I bought Alligator in person. I went to the store to buy that, but I was like I I don't want to pay full price for Alligator Two and bumped it down a few bucks and i'm like all right four bucks off i'll buy it okay
0: yeah i, I was not aware of that <laughs> to to quote wayne's world <laughs> um but moving right along uh, we have a 4k release of uh, the green mile um which appears to have done quite well in terms of uh its visual quality uh and this is of course uh a frank darabont uh, venture uh who is He's directed how many Stephen King adaptations? <laughs> um, this is one of the better ones. Um, I haven't seen it uh, probably since it initially came out, but uh, Stephen King movies in particular, they, they just have a charm to them that just makes them so very watchable. Mm-hmm. And like I said, this is one of the better ones. It comes from a very talented director. Uh, I don't know if I would run out and buy this on 4K, but now that I've seen it, it's like, hmm, it's on my mind. May- maybe it'll happen. But, uh, we also have Escape from L.A. on 4K from Paramount Pictures. Um, is this uh, debuting on the format, Brett?
1: Um, it is debuting on 4K, and uh, I hate to do it, but I got to do another uh, monthly Blu-ray buyer beware bulletin. Uh, there is an audio issue on this uh, release. Um, I don't exactly know all the details. I think it's something specifically if you're watching it with surround sound. The audio mix is wrong. Um, but basically, Paramount said the initial pressing will have, I think it was a white UPC code, and uh, the fixed disc will have a yellow UPC code on it. So if you got the yellow UPC code, you're good. If you got the white, you got to get a replacement. So watch out for that.
0: Okay, thank you so much for the PSA. Very important to know for this absolutely stellar film. <laughs> it's like, have you seen
1: Escape from L.A.? Brian? I have not, no.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm joking. It's a John Carpenter from the 90s, so y- you basically know what that means. It- it's like it's not his best work. It is it is utterly ridiculous and all over the place. Um, it does have some charm to it, but I don't know, man. Like, to be perfectly honest, I don't know that the, es- the escape from movies in his filmography are my favorites. They don't particularly resonate with me all that much. Uh, Snake Plissken as a character is fucking extraordinary uh kurt russell like he he really does show up for the performance he really does craft an awesome character uh some of the like plot points like there's some really awesome character moments in both films um really cool endings for both of them um and even the way he goes out on his mission uh, like it's fairly obvious that some inspiration was a taken for the metal gear games the metal gear solid games in particular there's a reason the character's fucking named snake <laughs> um, and dawn's an eye patch in the later chapters um but yeah as movies though they both have they both have some liabilities to them that for whatever reason i find myself like not 100 engaging with them this one's just completely batshit crazy and if you're on board for that you could probably have a really good time with it but i just remember I was probably not in the right headspace when I watched this movie, um, such that I just have very little enthusiasm to come back to it. But it is funny to me to see a uh, a John Carpenter release not put out by Shout or Scream Factory. Mm-hmm. Like I, th- I thought they had that market like pretty firmly cornered.
1: Yeah, they did release this on Blu-ray just a couple of years ago. Um, so and this is pretty much like just a bare bones 4K release. So you're probably actually better off just sticking with the Shout Blu-ray because that's got a pretty extensive amount of features. And uh, I don't know if you need this on 4K. I mean, I haven't seen the film, but uh, probably I would suggest sticking with the Shout Factory Blu-ray. But that's just
0: me. Well, especially if you're a collector too, because like I said, the, like when I think Shout Factory, I think John Carpenter. Yeah. Like even their even their font for like their the collector's edition text on their boxes and whatnot. I it looks like albertus it looks mm-hmm. like his his font <laughs> like i feel like that like their brand is largely based around him yeah um, but yeah uh, not a movie that i have a lot of enthusiasm for but that's really unfortunate that the initial printing wasn't the best but uh brad i uh, i don't know if this uh, deserves the alarm or the the siren or whatever you want to call it oh boy drop dead fred Am I am I am I wrong in thinking there's there's
1: some shit going on with this? Um, well, there's there's a little bit of shit, but it's actually like uh, it's actually kind of like good shit. It's like it's some friendly shit. Um, <laughs> there, this was originally supposed to be released by Severin, um, and I don't remember exactly why, but somehow they lost the rights to it, and somehow uh, Vinegar Syndrome p- got the rights to it, picked it up, whatever. So vinegar syndrome ends up putting out drop dead Fred on Blu-ray, and which kind of is kind of I guess it it kind of sucks, but uh, a lot of the bonus features were uh, produced for the Severin Blu-ray. Um, so vinegar syndrome kind of just put this baby out, and it seems like Severin did a lot of the work. Um, but as far as I can tell, in terms of like social media and stuff, I can't. Remember, I think there were some tweets. Severin is not like getting snarky or anything like they were like you know we're just happy to have the film out there it is what it is um and they they don't hold any animosity towards vinegar syndrome um they probably have some some animosity to whoever screwed the pooch and uh they couldn't put it out but they don't have anything against vinegar syndrome so at least the companies that we're giving our money to they're getting along
0: Okay. Well, it doesn't sound like anybody's furious about it. But yeah, I do remember seeing that notice that uh, they put out like a public, they put out a PSA basically saying like, hey, I know some of y'all have been like anticipating this release, but uh, it's not ours anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, But fortunately for the folks that are really excited about Drop Dead Fred, um, <laughs> uh, it's being put out by the folks at Vinegar Syndrome who always do an excellent job. So I'm sure this is a stellar release. Of a movie that I don't know, I, I don't remember the buzz about this one being all that good, but uh, sure, whatever. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we have a uh, man on the moon, uh, from uh Milos Forman. Uh, this is on Blu ray. Um, and this is this, uh, its first time on
1: the format. I want to say yes, I'd say I'm 84% sure it's yes, but I could be. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, I just looked at the page on Blu-ray.com, and I don't see a prior release. So I guess yeah, this is the first time it's appearing on Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, from Kino, uh, who always seem to have all the, like all the releases from month to month. Their their output is extraordinary. Um, beside that, we also have The King's Man on 4K from 2021. This is one of those uh, movies that, unfortunately, uh, as far as I understand, was delayed like a couple of years if not like at least a couple of years, like it was in the can for a while. And then it eventually found its way to theaters. Um, this movie does have some things going for it. I'm not going to lie. Like I didn't see the second Kingsman movie, but this one has the benefit of, of having people who don't normally do action being asked to do action. And that is always a selling point for me. The idea of seeing Rafe Fiennes throw hands is massively appealing to me because I like Rafe Fiennes. Um, but I haven't often seen him punch people in the fucking face. I mean, that's something I wouldn't mind seeing. So this is not a movie I'm going to be purchasing or anything, but I might check this out, Brett.
1: <laughs> How about you? Yeah, I'll, I'm definitely going to check it out. I think it is uh, streaming a couple places, so that's probably where I'll watch it. But um, I don't, like, love the other two films, but I think I at least like both of them. Um, I have seen them both. So, yeah, I, I, I like Matthew Vaughn um, to a certain degree. And I was, I was curious when this came out. I considered um, going to see it in theaters even, but it just, uh, you know, ran out of time, didn't get around to it, but I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah, that's where I'm
0: at with it. It's like, it'll pop up somewhere and I'll, I'll probably give myself a chance to watch it. Um, we also have a uh, eagerly am- anticipated uh, Kino 4K release of uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme in a ARD target or hard target. Uh, This would be John Woo's first American film. Uh, We did review this uh, for uh, Catching Up on Cinema. Um, I know Michelle from uh, the Movies for Life podcast probably owns this already, a big Van Damme fan. Um, This is a movie I already have on Blu-ray though. And while I've heard very good things about the Kino 4K, I don't know that I'm gonna re-buy this one. Um, And one thing that I was curious about when this was first announced a while back um, was if it was going to have the, uh, the producers cut very similar to that uh, Halloween sequel cut where there's apparently an extended edition of this film that uh, exists on like on an unofficial capacity uh, that's never been available to the public Um, that I've always been curious to see. But apparently the, the reasoning behind not including it on this disc was that that's, not the director's intended vision for the film. John Woo didn't approve of that cut. So that's just, all that is, is an extended cut of the film, like an unofficial extended cut, like a work print or something. Uh, doesn't stop me from wanting to see it. Very similar to uh, the, the Cobra extended version. Um, but Hard Target's a, a, a fun 90s action flick, for sure. By the time you get to the end of it, you're, you end up smiling quite a bit. So uh, recommended to anybody who's interested we also have a tinker taylor soldier spy also from kino on 4k i believe it's debuting on the format now this is a movie that i have not seen um and the advertising for it was not particularly strong at the time of its release as far as i remember but from what i've heard this is very very good brad uh have you do you know anything about the reputation of this one
1: it's weird because i've heard that it's very good but i've also heard people say it's very boring um, so it sounds like kind of maybe one of those where if you're not vibing with its slow burn, it might be a bit of a slog. I don't know. I, I do want to see it cause I have heard, um, good things. I think, uh, I want to say it got nominated for a couple Oscars. I think Gary Oldman might've been up for best actor that year for this movie. Um, so yeah, I, I do want to watch it, but, um, yeah, I still haven't seen it.
0: Okay. Yeah. I, I, would be curious to check this one out because I have heard mostly good things about it, but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe the reason I haven't seen it is because it does carry the reputation of being maybe a little slow. But beside that, we have, there uh, is a Kingsman box set, a trilogy, by the way, being released on 4K. But beside that, we have Ridley Scott's other 2021 feature. Uh, his his other one had already come out, early, I think last month, uh, The Last Duel, but this was uh, the House of Gucci. 2021 and uh seems like we're getting a lot of divisive releases on february 2022 because like yeah this is one of those movies that some people think is brilliant some people think it is utter schlock like but the more bad i hear about the more i want to see it if i'm being 100% honest yeah
1: i mean honestly i feel like i've heard more negative about the film than positive i i would say the thing that i've heard is most divisive about it is uh jared leto's performance who uh, some people say he is way too goofy and uh, over the top. Um, But some people say that it seemed like he was the only entertaining part of the movie and that everybody wishes that the rest of the movie was more uh, campy like Jared Leto was. So it's a bit of a, you know, what side do you fall on? And uh, I'm not a big Jared Leto fan, but I don't know. I'm kind of ready to... uh, I might... I'm kind of ready to fall on Jared Leto's side on this one. Just from the little bits I've seen of him, he does look like he's having a good time.
0: Well, see, that's the thing. Uh, I, I don't care much for Jared Leto either. He is a very capable actor, for sure. He's given good performances. He's just not a selling point
1: for me. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: I, I wouldn't buy a ticket. I'm sorry. I'm not going to pay to see fucking Morbius the Living Vampire. <laughs> I'm I sorry. Be,
1: that's because I have to.
0: Well, yeah, you, you have responsibility, you have <laughs> responsibilities, Brad. You gotta do that if you want if you want your Red Box subscription, if you want yeah. your it's your sponsorships and whatnot. You gotta run out to see Morbius, the Living Vampire, day <laughs> one. Um, but yeah, Jared Leto is not a selling point for me personally. But that's I feel like that's what's gonna make me enjoy this movie. It's because I'm I'm in such a good position to laugh at him while watching this movie <laughs> i feel like i will probably enjoy this movie for all the wrong reasons um so i i actually am kind of looking forward to watching this one even though i've heard mostly bad things um and the last duel i haven't watched yet either but uh kyle uh, kyle had a lot of thoughts about that one we, we go into detail about it on a different episode but yeah house of gucci out on blu-ray and uh we're starting to get into vinegar syndrome stuff brad so if you want to jump in um, Sister Sister it looks like one of their titles uh, you know anything about this one
1: uh, I know it's got Jennifer Jason Lee in it and I, I think it's like kind of a southern gothic melodrama um, it is directed by uh, what's his name Bill Condon who uh, what he he did uh, I know he did the new Beauty and the Beast movie he's done a lot of crap lately but he's he did <laughs> he did direct some interesting stuff early in his career um which I can't think of any off the top of my head. But uh, yeah, this one, so I've heard it's pretty good. It seems like it's maybe a little uh, a little highbrow for Vinegar Syndrome's line. But uh, I'd be curious to check that one out. Um, I, I'll just mention the other ones here quick, I guess. Uh, we also have Beware Children at Play. Um, don't know too much about it. I think that one is kind of the opposite of highbrow. That's a bit of a lowbrow. Um, and not to, uh, like, n- not recommend the movie, but, um, one guy who I know who I watches YouTube videos, he actually has started editing for vinegar syndrome, their bonus features. So, uh, he, uh, actually edited some of the interviews on this beware children at play, uh, disc. And I was like, Oh, very cool. Like I, you know, I like vinegar syndrome. I like this guy, you know, maybe that would be, it. I'd be encouraged to just, pick up this uh, film because he worked on it uh, on at least on the disc to some extent. But um, his uh, talk of the film uh, for somebody who has worked on the disc, he was not selling me on it at all. He was like, you know, it's, it's uh, enjoyable if you're in the mood for it or if you're in the right mindset or if you're the right, if you're that kind of person and like, really seems like he's tiptoeing around that this is a piece of garbage. Um, so, <laughs> I might not be getting that one. And then, uh, the only other one, which might be a VSA release, yeah, Vinegar Syndrome Archive, is, uh, the Wolf Pack, which, uh, don't know much about that one. Um, so, I'm just, I'll just throw it out there. But, yeah, not the strongest, uh, Vinegar Syndrome month, but there's some, uh, some decent stuff there.
0: Yeah, I was about to say, it's not, not a whole lot for me to get excited about but you know it is what it is um I'll just point out that we have a, a Mill Creek release of Side Out from 1990 that has one of those VHS covers that Brad absolutely detests <laughs> um, we have a Shout Factory release of a Communion from 1989 uh we have the Sonic the Hedgehog animated series collected on Blu-ray from Discotech Media. Uh, They generally do good work, by the way, uh, as a publisher. Um, We have uh, Lies and Deceit, uh, five films by Claude Chabrol um, from Arrow. And we have a movie that I saw the advertising for in the theater with the girlfriend, and she looked at me and she just said, that looks terrible <laughs> uh, that would be the three five five from the year 2022 um yeah uh, I didn't that was that was a rare case where I didn't even have to give my take on anything I was just watching the trailer in the theater and the girlfriend poked me it was like that looks terrible <laughs> it's like I'm not even gonna say anything <laughs> I think you're right uh, I don't know if, if the movie was successful but the advertising was not uh, not getting me all that enthused about it.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna say it was not a success from what I can tell.
0: Ah. Unfortunate. But oh well. Not everyone's gonna be a winner. Um now Brad, uh these this uh it's not arrow, but they have like inverted arrow in terms of their uh their cover art. Uh we have it says uh powerhouse
1: films, but is it indicator? Am I right? Yeah, indicator or powerhouse films. I I don't know if it, Powerhouse Films is the like head and then indicator is the sublabel. i don't know but uh, yeah i i call them indicator releases
0: yeah I'll, i'm i'm comfortable with that i'll just say that much mm-hmm. but brad was keen to point out to me i think last month that uh indicator is they're british correct
1: yes yeah
0: uh, it's a british publisher that is starting to make headway in uh, the u.s market for disc publishing and we're starting to see a lot of their releases from month to month and uh, we do have some of those here in february Uh, we have the devil's men from 1976 uh, and voices from 1974 uh, as well as bartleby from 1970 an unsuitable job for a woman and uh, the triple echo from 1972 Um, are you at all excited to give them a whirl at some point
1: yeah i want to give them a whirl and i've just kind of been waiting on the uh a a movie to catch my eye. Um, cause a lot of the stuff they put out is, you know, not the, the, you know, the A list top tier stuff that you just, you know, like as classics. And it's a lot of the stuff is not necessarily genre. Um, they do put out a, a lot of like, uh, dramas, just like old school dramas, like not old school, but you know, just, you know, drama with a capital D. Um, but the, this, the devil's men maybe will be my first, uh, Pick, because I mean, horror film from what I think the '70s about a cult, and you got Donald Pleasance and Peter Cushing. That, I'm I'm intrigued. And then if I like Indicator enough, that could be the uh, gateway drug right there.
0: Well, let me know, because uh, I'm I'm always curious to to see what uh, these new arrivals are like. Because uh, I mean, clearly they've been at work for quite some time, but uh, it's just now that they're starting to appear on our shores. So. Yeah, I, none of these titles are jumping at me in particular, but uh, that cast you mentioned, that is that is a good place to start. Mm-hmm. I, it pro- you probably can't go wrong with that. Um, but we have uh, Village of the Giants, uh, 1965, uh, from uh, Kino. Uh, we have American Underdog from 2021. Uh, and I was giving the girlfriend shit about this one because this movie looked awful to me, and it's uh, headlined by uh, Zachary Levi, uh, who was the star of chuck which is a show that my girlfriend quite likes um i was like hey look what chuck's doing (laughs) but uh, i don't know anything about but it's about foosball so i'm sure it'll work for somebody um what else we got a movie called chomps Uh, it's an acronym but chomps from 1979 uh from code red that's who's putting out the disc um harry and the hendersons that was a movie that i want to say got a lot of play uh in a lot of households when i was a kid i don't remember it very well um but john lithgow man he he's he's another one of those guys that like in case in case of emergency insert john lithgow and you're bound to have something good come out of it uh i don't know if that dexter show worked out but you know <laughs> like for the most part john lithgow is great just say that much but um I'm going to throw it over to you again, Brad. What What's jumping out of you? Because it's getting really cluttered and crowded here in this last week of February.
1: Yeah, there's there's a lot here. Um, there are some uh, Vinegar Syndrome partner labels. I forgot to mention those. Um, and I I don't have anything really to say about them, but you've got the American Scream, I think Delta Space Mission is a partner release, Kane and Abel, Tragedy Girls... Um, you know just the list goes on i think ham on rye is a partner label again i not nothing to say just throwing it out
0: there I, I think i said this a few months back man but like vinegar syndrome i think they're gonna start making movies like i think they're gonna start producing movies because their their catalog is expanding like exponentially from month to month like like mm-hmm. if you include the partner labels especially like they're they're their cultural footprint is significant. Like there's a lot of YouTube channels that and podcasts in particular that make their livings basically off of like reviewing all the shit they crank out from yeah. month to month.
1: <laughs> I mean, uh, New York Ninja, I mean, they pretty much did do that like that. I mean, that pretty much was their movie, I guess. And uh, I don't know if that'll be a one-time thing. They do have the vinegar syndrome pictures, line but other than new york ninja everything they've released through that line has just been acquired um but i mean yeah they're right there to just start producing like full-time just start pumping stuff out so i'm i'm sure it's gonna happen
0: yeah if not that like at the very least i just i expect them to to make some sort of grand moves in the near future because like they clearly are doing very very well with their business but um i would like to point out that uh the cover art for uh, a vinegar syndrome title uh, master of the world of 1983 is stunning mm-hmm. uh, i really love that
1: i do like that yeah
0: yeah um, but we haven't even mentioned all the releases they've had this month apparently this is an incredibly busy month for vinegar <laughs> syndrome uh, I, I think master of the figure.
1: world might have been technically last month i think um so I I
0: did I do notice that they do uh do that yeah a lot of titles get carried over on the blu-ray.com website from month to month it's Mm -hmm. very confusing in that way um but uh Cold War Creatures uh four films from uh, Sam Katzman is being put out by Arrow in a box set format I've always loved that cover art I've seen it around um and I think that's about it for me, Brad. Uh, oh, wait, we have an Agfa release, Brad. We gotta we gotta bring up Agfa. Uh, so the America American Genre Film Archive. Um, just like to point out that they have a release of the Monster of Camp Sunshine and Honeymoon of Terror, from nineteen
1: sixty one to nineteen sixty four. Yeah, I kind of missed uh, this one. I don't remember. I'm I'm on Vinegar Syndrome's website. And uh, that's why I'm not recognizing it. It has a different cover on uh, Vinegar Syndrome's site. The slipcover is uh, different on their site. Now I remember this one when it came out. Um, don't know anything about it, but now it's all it's all clicking back into place. <laughs> and okay. And I do I do like Agfa. I do like Agfa.
0: Yeah. Do you have a T-shirt from them? Because you definitely should have one.
1: <laughs> no. They let's see. They did uh, release a tote bag. Um, but I don't really use tote bags, so didn't pick that one up.
0: Okay. Well, we got to get you an Agfa T-shirt and a Little Caesars sponsorship (laughs) and a Rain Energy Drink sponsorship and Blu-ray.com partnership of some sort. Yeah, I, I will
1: shill myself out to the brands. (laughs) <laughs>
0: brad is making it known he he will be your whore you mm-hmm. will be your whore absolutely on the internet for whatever products you want him to show <laughs> <laughs> um anyway i think that's about it uh for our uh survey of the february 2022 releases here uh so as is tradition we'll uh just uh retrace our steps here and uh do a little review and point out any titles that we might be picking up or have already picked up so uh, i'll allow i'll allow brad to uh, collect his thoughts so i'm just gonna march backwards through the catalog and shout some things out um like i said i i wouldn't mind having a, a 4k of hard target. Um, but I already have the Blu-ray and frankly, I reviewed it not that long ago. So it's like, it's going to be a minute before I revisit that one. So that's a no for now. Um, I already have alligator uh, from scream factory on 4 k very, very happy with that disc. Although now, even though I talked a little bit of shit about alligator 2, kind of in the mood for more of that kind of stuff. Like, like right after I finished alligator, in fact, while I was watching alligator, like I said, I was thinking about running out and grabbing grizzly and, maybe even putting on jaws because why the fuck not same with anaconda there's a there is a box set of anaconda films plural i'm still on the fence about like that's a lot of big snakes man yeah that does sound really nice i still need to get <laughs> that one too yeah so that, i mean i'm in the mood for some eat 'em ups so maybe uh but yeah i already did pick up uh alligator on 4k uh by the way didn't mention it but um i believe there's a uh a korean action film called slate uh being released in uh on february 15th uh, that i've heard some good things about some neat sword play in there not anything i'm gonna buy but i've seen a couple of clips look neat um there's also another pressing of uh, arrows uh blu-ray of verses uh Ryuhei Kitamura's verses that i aside from a bootleg dvd i've never owned that movie um it's a movie I talk about constantly, so it's like maybe now is the time. Now that the price is most certainly going to come down a little bit. Uh, so that's a maybe. Um, Eternals on 4K, I already fucking have it. Haven't watched it, but I'm sure I'm going to hate it. Um, the Howling on 4K is is a big maybe for me, um, considering it. Um, what else we got here? Uh Well, obviously, I'm going to pick up Dan (laughs) Harmon. No, Mark Harmon, the other Harmon, in summer school. Um, No, I don't need that. (laughs) But I I did pick up the 4K of Resident Evil, colon, Welcome to Raccoon City. Uh, Absolutely will not be picking up Miller's Crossing from (laughs) Criterion. Yeah,
1: watch (laughs) out for that one.
0: Yeah. Um, There is an Ultraman title that I somehow skipped over, uh, Ultraman Zero, colon, the Chronicle from 2017. Uh, this is a Mill Creek Ultraman release. Uh, and I have sh- I have a shit ton of them already. But uh, the reason why I haven't bought this. Is because I haven't looked into. Um, what's actually on the discs. I have a feeling it's going to be redundant. Like. Uh, that is I, I feel like I have most of what's included in here. Uh, so I need to look into that. But that's, that's a maybe. I do love Ultraman. Uh, in all shapes and sizes. Um, Wayne's World. I. Um, I'm not sure if I'll get the two pack. I don't see why I wouldn't get the two pack because I do like Wayne's World 2 and I don't own Wayne's World or Wayne's World 2 and I quote them constantly. So that's a, that's a should. That's something I should have. And Ghostbusters, absolutely not. <laughs> 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 not even going to watch it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's about it for me. Uh, Brad, how about yourself?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of good stuff this uh, month, but not a lot of stuff that I'll probably actually pick up to be honest. Um, I, I will probably get FX and FX two at some point, but I'll probably wait for a Kino sale on that one. Uh, I would like to get murder on the Orient express. That's, that's definitely going to be a buy at some point for me. Um, like I said, I already got alligator alligator two. And honestly, that's probably it other than, uh, getting madman 4k and uh a vinegar syndrome sale i think that's about it so only a few pickups uh this month for me but there was a lot of good stuff there to talk about for sure oh yeah no very very fun episode
0: but yeah um certainly a lot of good titles not a whole lot of purchases though um but yeah that's about it for uh this edition of catching up on blu-ray for february 2022 but uh thanks again as always brad for joining me i really appreciate your insight into the uh Ah, uh, the going ons uh, in the ah uh, the disc publishing world, because there's a lot of controversies out there, and you got to keep your ear to the ground to make sure you're aware of them. <laughs> God damn, Brad, you and your soundboard. I I need to invest in one of those myself, because it it's too it is too damn fun. Um, But but, um, before we go, though, Brad, uh, would you care to let the folks at home know where they can find you and your super awesome podcast?
1: Yeah, it's the Cinema Speak podcast. And uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you find your shows. Just search for Cinema Speak. Uh, We are on iTunes at or we're on. ah, I messed up. We're on Twitter at the Cinema Speak on Instagram as Cinema Speak podcast and on YouTube as Cinema Speak. I mean, technically, we are on iTunes, too, so I mean. But, um, and uh, you can find us on the web at cinemaspeak.libsyn.com.
0: It's all good, Brad. Appreciate the plugs. I really do sincerely hope you get some sponsorships and any manner of products that you can shill. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like you'd be an excellent spokesperson because you'd be utterly shameless. 100%. <laughs> Um, but that being said uh, folks at home if you'd like to catch up on any of our uh, catching up on cinema content uh, you can find all of that collected on our website at catchinguponcinema.com. Uh, you can also find us on the social medias on the instagram at catching up on cinema as well as the twitter at catching cinema so feel free to hit me up at either of those uh, and the podcast is available on pretty much every platform you can imagine including cephalopod so fucking google it And that being said, thank you so much for joining us and we will catch you next time.